All right, what's going on, Mikey? Are we live? We're live. First one since my house burned down. Dang. <laughs> and burned all my... I feel honored. First ones. Yeah. Uh, so, Austin. Austin. Weigh the pros and cons of Houston versus Austin. Is Austin the move? That's, that's first discussion. Being a Houstonian, possibly moving to Austin. Pros. We'll start with the pros. Okay. I feel like the pros are easier to talk about because right now in my mind, I just keep thinking about how much I love Austin. Uh -huh. So one, I love Austin. Right. <laughs> That's pro number one. I love Austin. Yeah. I. Everybody loves Austin. Love being outside, and there's way more to do outside in Austin than Houston. Mm -hmm. Like you can only walk Memorial Park so many times which is a little overhyped too. it's a little overhyped you too. feel that way i do you're not just repeating after me no it's okay. i mean and at the park i go to where i run and or, or walk depending on my mood that day i like but it's tiny and it's is that emancipation it's park? Eman emancipation park mm -hmm. i like i like it i like mm -hmm. the history behind it i like that part of houston but mm -hmm. you're an edo guy it's like not like there's nothing to it anymore. Yeah, it's just flat. It's just flat. I think a good thing that Houston has going for it is like the big mature oak trees. Like that. Like the oldest tree in Houston is in Glenwood Cemetery off Washington Avenue and it's beautiful. But you know, it's like you go see it and it's flat That's and you're right. like, okay. Cool. Whenever I describe Houston to people, I always say it's a restaurant and bar city. Yes. Hospitality. Like hospitality. 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 Yeah. yeah, we have like some parks and we have like we have nice museums and stuff. Museums, right? concerts, you know, yeah. we got big sports teams. But twenty twenty has made me totally not as much into sports Same. as I used to be. Same here. Like I forgot the fucking Super Bowl was tomorrow. I forgot. Honestly, I didn't even I did. keep up and realize he was even playing in the Super Bowl. Did you even watch until... a game this year? No. Not a single one. I mean, in passing, well, here and there, right? But I had no desire to. And you brought up a good point. Another pro mm -hmm. of Austin is when COVID is over and at some point, hopefully, we can get back to a normal type of life. The live music scene in Austin is like... Oh, it's unmatched. It's unmatched. That's my shit. Like, that's yeah. my happy place. I feel like in COVID, because of COVID, mm -hmm. I kind of lost my brand. Mm -hmm. Like, I haven't traveled. I haven't gone to shows. Yeah. I Well your brand was shows. Yeah, shows. Like, like you were at a concert at least in twenty nineteen, you were at a concert at least one time a week. And I missed No doubt. It. I mean I've saved a lot of money, right? Yeah. That's that's a problem. <laughs> but is that, that really situation? Living? No. If I not. if I'm on my deathbed and I'm like, uh, well, you know, I didn't go to a lot of concerts but I saved a lot of money. I don't wanna I don't wanna be that guy. I'd rather be the guy who was like, you know, I didn't have a lot of money mm -hmm. but I lived a good life. I went to so many concerts. Yeah. Have so many memories and so many lack of memories from yeah. partying too hard before some of the shows. Like I saw you at the uh, Paramore concert. Yeah, over. Paramore. That 30, was awesome. Yeah, thirty bucks. Is it gonna drain my bank account? Not a lot, but it's gonna it's gonna hit. Yeah, I mean, it adds up, right? You buy your ticket, you get there, you park, you drink, you oh, eat, yeah. you know, you go out afterwards. So fun. Just the culture of it all. The show culture, I miss so much. I miss meeting people at concerts, like meeting strangers at concerts, and like you bond just mm -hmm. over having a good time because you're at a show that you both mm -hmm. want to be at, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to have anything else in common, but you like this one artist, and now like 
your cool, your friends, mm-hmm. right? Instantly, mm-hmm. you have something in common you, you can talk find about. Find those concert buddies. Find those concert buddies. Like you probably have some people you keep up with from Bonnaroo, I'm sure. Yeah, on Instagram, we talk all the time, oh, message each other still, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's just things like that I miss a lot. And Austin's a great place for that once that does start to happen again, yeah. right? Like, there's no festivals, like music festivals in Houston anymore. There's well, they got they got rid of free press summer fest. They got right? rid of free it, press. Because it literally rained. rained. It rained out every year. Every and then they tried to move it to March, and I still think it got rained out <laughs> or something. I don't know why. Something yeah. happened where they just were like after that. They, yeah, they were they like, you know what, man? Fuck it. No, I think they like changed it to Summerfest or they changed yeah, they free changed press the name. They changed the name to something else, and it's like exponentially smaller now. And that's so what, that's what you get on the Gulf Coast. You get that kind of murky it's like, weather. And you never know. Exactly. It's unpredictable. So mm-hmm. that's an investor flaw. Though, well, that's something my... Houston has going for it. Well, I take that back. I was going to say Houston has that whole concert and outdoor venue life music vibe, but... White Oak. White Oak. Woodlands. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Like outdoors. And, and then you have some kind of grungy, you know, some venues grungy places, and Montrose yeah. and all that. But Austin, I mean, you have music everywhere. I mean, Zilker Park, ACL, right there, mm-hmm. one of the biggest festivals and in the country. It's beautiful outside yeah. too. You're in the hill country. It's not as humid. It, it's not even as hot. Like temperature it's wise, hot, it's yeah. not as hot. It's it's drier heat, yet the temperature's lower and they have less less humidity in Austin. And Austin got a snow day. Houston didn't get a snow we day. Didn't get a snow day. That's another pro. Austin <laughs> has one snow day a year. Houston has zero. Uh, we have like one snow day every like three years, yeah, four years. That's not enough. I, I don't know. even like the snow. I don't even like the cold, but one snow day. Yeah, it's, like, it's an experience. I'm a summer guy. But I'm a summer. I'm like a spring summer. Like to me, spring concert outdoors when the weather's actually nice mm-hmm. in Houston. Mm-hmm. Just because that's obviously what we're familiar with. Yeah. Like unmatched. Just having. Yeah. Some day drinks. Yeah, but you go to a, uh, or you get into the winter. That to me, you can't dress like you can't dress up in the summer like you do in the winter. You winter time, that's, that's dude. You're flaunting your stuff, the long coats, the freaking wool sweaters. You know, I feel like you dress to impress in the winter. You but do. the problem with Houston, it still doesn't even get cold enough. To dress like that. It really doesn't. Like, you like it'll be 52 yeah. and I'm wearing a fucking wool coat, you know? <laughs> I'm like, when can I take this off? <laughs> you can I take look, it off at fucking 930 but... <laughs> when it's back up to 70, man. That's it's, crazy. It makes no sense. And that's why, like, you can look at somebody and be like, oh, I'm a Texan. But a Texan is so vague. It's so vague. Because, yeah. like, you, you just think, picture it in your mind right now. When, mm-hmm. If somebody says they're from Dallas... Right, I I get a certain type of person image yeah. in my life in my head. Right, mm-hmm. when I think of Dallas and I think of somebody saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. I'm from Dallas or I live in Dallas," mm-hmm. I stereotype for sure. But yeah, I, I have a stereotype. You're of them compartmentalizing in my head. them because of your preconceived motions yes. of your mind. Yes, but then you think of someone say, "Hey, I'm from Houston." Hey, I'm from Austin. Mm-hmm. Like the the swagger, the personality, the the way the culture is in those cities, it's so different. It's it makes different. a person so different, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, let's play on stereotypes. Dallas, heck no. Stuck up. Dallas sucks. Pretentious, I right? I hate it. 
There's nothing about it I like except Me. the fact I have a few friends who live there. Yeah, I have like a couple of friends sprinkled in there, but not even friends close enough that I would want to go visit. So, Austin, the people are cool. I, I vibe with the people. Vibe, right? I vibe Down with for them. whatever. Brunch is such a cool culture there. Yo, can I? It's like, is there a, like, would you agree with this conspiracy that Houston? We have a lot of young people, but you just, they're, they're all hidden or something. You never find them. And then you go to Austin and you're like, oh my God, only young people live yeah. here. I feel like the problem with Houston too is that it's too spread out. It is. Right? Yeah. Like there's so many, there's like so many like cool or hip areas of Houston. I would quote, right? I would say so many, but. But like they're also <laughs> far away from each other, right? Like you have yeah. young people that live in Midtown. You have young mm -hmm. people that live in Edo, which are close to each other. Mm -hmm. Downtown, I guess. Mm -hmm. Not that many people live downtown. But then you have like Rice Village. You have this area. You have Heights, Heights right? So like it's guppy. so spread out. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you'll see young people, but there's not... I would say maybe like Midtown probably has like the youngest... Like yeah. the most populated, condensed... Of young people? Yeah. The most dense, dense population not condensed, of... Yeah. Dense, yeah. <laughs> Dense. Too much <laughs> caffeine. Condensation, man. All that freaking uh, science going on in your head. But the difference is, is you take like, uh, what do you say? Midtown is the most dense population of young people in Houston. And then you take, let's say, South Congress of Austin, which is a very dense population of young people mm -hmm. in Austin. Still to me, the vibes of South Congress in Austin, fucking shit on the vibes of Midtown and Houston. Totally. Because Midtown Houston is like, it's almost like we're into Gucci and it's foreign people and it's it's nothing like that, but it's like, it's not that cohesive. It's not cohesive. There's that aspect to it, but then there's that aspect of it that I think is kind of trashy now too. I think right? so too. Yeah. Cause it's like, I feel like a lot of, not that it's trashy. I'm thinking of like back in college days, right? Mm -hmm. Where our college town, everyone lived in the city, you know, we had the square. Whereas, like, if you go to U of H or something, mm. you probably live in Midtown. Not my scene. Right? Yeah. And so, like, you go to Midtown, and it's a bunch of college kids. Like, that's, like, the co that's like the party area mm -hmm. for U well, of H. and then you go to Midtown, and it's like, let me, uh, let me get a, uh, go to a club with my friends. We'll get really fucking expensive drinks, and then we'll get a hookah, and we'll all put it on our Snapchats, and... Your friend tagged you in a story. Yeah, we used to do on, that. Yeah, we used to do that. We it's used so to do dumb. that. It is. It's so dumb. It but is. you go to Austin and South Congress compared to Midtown and Houston, and it's just so much. It's, sometimes it's hard to put into words, but it's cool. It is cool. And I want to be there. What I love, one thing I love about Austin, like driving down Congress, <laughs> driving through like East Downtown area of Austin, it's like they have little tiny restaurants that have patios. But they're super trendy. They're super cool, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like they might look run down, but there's so much like history. It's just like a so cool much kind of bohemian. Yeah, kind, kind of, of bohemian. Whereas yeah. like here, you like drive by, you don't see things like that. You see like chains. You, yeah, see, you see Chipotle's and super, yeah, super um, overrated type places like Present Company, right? Like oh that's the patio gosh. place that people like to go to. Oh whereas, I mean, you still have bars like that in Austin, right? Like on Sixth Street or something, but. At the same time, like the places you want to be in Austin, you're not yeah. going to see that. It's, it's different. It's just a vibe of, a general vibe of Houston and like the bars here is just kind of more bougie to me. It's more bougie. And then you've got Austin where it's more like a hill country bohemian in a sense. Like, 
like you said, the small little kind of restaurants, mm-hmm. hill country, bohemianish vibes. But it's like where West Texas meets bohemian, liberalish, yeah. and it meshes. It meshes so well. well. Like it works. Yeah, it works. We're Houston, I think. We are cohesive in some senses, but Houston is a lot more compartmentalized in terms of interest and likes and and ethnicities and. Austin's a very ethnic city too, but there's a lot more like just I don't know. It's not as compartmentalized. I feel as Houston. Is. I agree. One thing about Houston is that I don't know if this is a flaw. Maybe I'm just overthinking this now because we're talking about it. But Houston has always prided itself on being so diverse, mm-hmm. right? We're so diverse. We're so diverse. We're a melting pot. We have people oh, from all over the world. Like to where it's like, where's the cohesiveness? Yeah, it's like because we. Like Houston wants to be diverse and wants to be like we right. have all these different people, right? Right. But it's to me, it like doesn't blend the yeah. way maybe even like it used to. I feel like even it used to blend better. But I think now so too. it's so like now everything and everyone yeah wants to stand out so much to where it's like almost kind of like segregating again. Yeah. And just gentrifying. Gentrifying and, stuff. and so. Well, that's a really fucking good point. I didn't. I never thought about it like that. So you take. You know, everyone wants diversity. I think diversity is great because you get all these different perspectives Mm -hmm. and like, oh, Latinos do this, black people do this. Like, uh, we have a huge Vietnamese population. We have Vietnamese crawfish, which is fucking delicious. But you can bring in diversity, Mm -hmm. but how do you then blend that together? Whereas like all those groups are still doing their own thing. Thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you, like Latinos fucking hang out with a lot of other Latinos, let's say, and they got their Latino culture and you bring it to a city that has a lot of African-Americans and a city that has a lot of white people and Vietnamese people. And sometimes you see it blend, but I just feel like maybe my mind skewed, but recently, the last few years, I just don't see that blend. I agree. It's like they, it's like coexisting, but not integrating. Yes, right? that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Like, uh, it's all there. All the people that are accounted for, but... Yeah. We're super diverse, yeah. but... <laughs> like, now what? Good. Like, we have everybody here. Yeah. We're diverse. Yeah, what, we have great restaurants. And but like, I, now what? What's and I next? think what brings all the ethnicities in Houston together is... Uh, I think it's like a... Kind of a culture of bouginess, which kind of Houston embraces with the Galleria mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and not a lot of nature, more shopping. So I think... Houston brings these diverse backgrounds and form, forms them into bouginess. You made me think of a good point, too. What's that? Like, what is our industry in Houston? It's, re- it's fucking restaurants, bars, and shopping. And oil and gas. Oh, oil right? and gas. Yeah, and yeah, oil and gas. gas. <laughs> you think about, but you think about, like, the type of people who work in oil and gas, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Versus, like, what is Austin known for? Hmm. IT. IT. Technology. And even it, with that, it's different. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as you think of IT and you think of oil and gas, there's two different mm-hmm. stereotypes that come into your head, right? There are. I mean, you work in oil and gas. Yeah. I work in a company that, in Houston, very heavy influenced by oil and gas. Yeah. So I know that there's diversity in that. Yeah. Like, if you work in oil and gas, not everybody's the same, but there's a certain type of... Um, stigma. Stigma. And there's yeah. a certain type of mindset and attitude mm-hmm. i think when it comes to being oh i work in oil and gas there's the same t- same almost equivalent type of attitude like oh hey i worked in it 
But mm. the people are so different. Yeah, they I are. Feel like. They are. Well, and being in the oil and gas industry, really the valve industry, so it takes me into a lot of industries, but a heavy player in the valve industry is always the oil and gas industry. They're a big customers of mm. ours. But you see, like, what, I, what opened my eyes when I got my first job in Houston in 2015 in oil and gas was there's a fuck ton of Asians in this industry, like Indian people. Mm -hmm. You, you say, yeah. You go uh, work with an engineer. It's typically an old white guy or someone who's Indian or of some Asian origin who's fucking smart as shit. Which is, it's crazy you say that because I'm thinking like with my HR hat on now that <laughs> to a point now where like Asians aren't minority. You know, like we're not super seeking out and I mean, I say we like some industries, mm -hmm. some companies aren't aren't like seeking out now more are increasing their targets to hire more Asians no. because they have they, they have, have really good jobs. They have really good jobs. Not all of them. That's a generalization. It is. It is. But it's like when you think about diversity targets now and like it's, it's Latino and black. It's Latino and black. It's and, they never bring Asian Indian into the, yeah. into the group. And I think like. You know, we all want a more diverse world, but there has to be, in my, this is just my humble opinion, there has to be accountability on behalf of the person. There's white fucking trash out there, dude. White trash. Go to Cleveland, Texas, find mm -hmm. methamphetamines everywhere. But there has to be accountability in the sense of, like, the Indian population, a lot of, there's a huge Indian population that lives in Sugarland on the southwest side, really nice part of Houston. And the way they, like, carry themselves and they really value education and family and being together and mm -hmm. uh, and all that. And I think that kind of leads them into these good jobs. It's always been a weird thing to me that when you hear like, oh, we have to help the minority communities. Why is it predominantly Latino and black people and they never bring up like Asians? Asians are kicking ass yeah. better than the white people are. But you that's know? why, right? Yeah, and there was They're like that reverse kind of thing going on at Harvard where Asians were doing so good they like didn't accept as any, many to allow word. people yeah. of other colors in and I'm always an advocate for just the best fucking person mm -hmm. no matter what mm -hmm. I think it's foolish to do it based off of a fucking cut like skin color but I get their logic too yeah because if white people ran the industry and you got that inherent racism mm -hmm. within them, mm -hmm. that unconscious bias, that unconscious bias yeah. of not hiring a black person, even though he's qualified, just because he's black, and that was the whole logic behind, uh, or just because they went to, um, a, oh my gosh, I forgot the term for it, uh, <laughs> like a predominantly black college, right? Yeah, yeah or historically yeah. black, black college, college right? Yeah. They went to a historically black college and. Suddenly, you know what? Oh, that doesn't uh, compare to the standard of mm -hmm. these other schools we recruit right. from, or yeah, something. Which like is not yeah. Lone Star versus exactly. You know, like fucking that, I, I, mean, I hate that. But right? the weird thing about that whole concept to me is like, oh, I went to this college, so I'm smarter. Is if you have a degree in mathematics, you know, two plus two equals four, no matter what fucking college you go exactly. to. Exactly. Like two plus two is always four. Whether it's at Lone Star or it's at Harvard, you know? Like, it's weird. Um, yeah. But I think, I think what people now fail to realize is that there is some sort of personal responsibility to our actions, you know? If you're yep. a fucking white trash meth head in Cleveland, Texas, living in the trailer and not getting your life together, 
that's on fucking you, man. That's all you. You know? But, but I do feel bad for them in the sense, like, like, the war on drugs, man, in the 80s, it got a lot of fucking poor people, mm-hmm. should you say, like, addicted to that shit. And there's there's always, like, that idea of pick yourself up by, by your own bootstraps, yeah. get out there, if I did it, you can do it. But the war on drugs, like, it got, I, I could be mistaken, but, like, I think they were, like, actually putting drugs into the U.S. society for poor people to, yeah. to get and use and then you and then we're supposed to say pick yourself up by the bootstraps but the government has been giving drugs giving to drugs. Our addictive well, horrible drugs to our own people and that's i mean this this can go way off topic in so many different <laughs> ways but um a whole other can of worms it's our mm-hmm. for-profit prison system right yeah that's the industrial prison complex yes or the industrial prison complex and it's like you you influence a community to be addicted to drugs and that be yes. all they know yeah, and you so that they can them by putting the drugs yeah, in the community by doing so so that they can go to jail they can go to prison and they get profited off of mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. how it's the fuck system. how, how is a, people how are people supposed to profit off of prison man that makes no sense to me i thought prison was just a government sponsored thing you know, you build I mean, a prison, prison, somebody does a bad thing. And prison was supposed there. to be about reform too, right? And yeah, it's not that's anymore. True. It's not that's about reform point. anymore. It used to be about rehabilitation and wanting, actually wanting people to get back Yeah. to get out of prison, right? And be able to go into the real world mm-hmm. again and, and function, right? And mm-hmm. it's, we lost that, right? When intentions yeah. change, then the whole, yeah, the whole it's almost changed. like if you just put someone in this, fucking cage and then after 10 years let them out and say okay go be normal again Mm -hmm. you're not gonna lock somebody in a cage for 10 years and they're gonna come out and be a normal person there's no reform there's no way for them to get a job yeah Um, and then yeah like you said it's super hard to get a job job. oh shit and we got to this here by talking about Austin about Austin yes what the fuck man so (laughs) Forgot, uh, I think we only said two pros so far, right? <laughs> we went from Austin versus Houston to the prison. We'll wheel it back. Oh, shit. We said pro one was... Mm. Um, well, it's... Nature. Yeah, nature. Being outside. Music. Lakes, rivers. Mm-hmm. You could take the boat out in summer, mm-hmm. right? You're so close to the lakes. Music. Mm-hmm. Another pro is that... Um, that's it, man. They only have two pros. Those are the biggest things I miss out of life right now, though. So those pros are you're missing nature and music. Or yeah, those pros. And are you're in such a baby. shitty town for to want nature and music right now because Houston. I went there forever. I'm like, how? Like, I think that's why I traveled so much. I went to I go to Austin all the time. Dude, yeah. Last oh. weekend I fucking drove to Austin on Friday and drove back that same Friday. I just went for the day. Just for the day. I mean, yeah. you could do that, right? Yeah, it's only that. like two and a half hours away. It's not too yeah. shabby. And like in your with your time there, even though you're not there for that long, there's still so much you can do, mm-hmm. right? Whereas yeah. like you're in Houston, it's going to take you an hour and a half just to get Oh my God. 10 minutes on the highway, right? And you got to think that's two and a half hours from like the west side of Houston. You know, if you're in like Baytown on the east side of Houston to get to Austin. I mean, that's you got to go through Houston. That's a travel, man. 
I think another pro about Austin would be to get um, surround, be surrounded by different industries, right? Like, and I'm so used to, because I would be staying at the same company. I'm so used to like supporting folks who work in the oil and gas industry and consultants that work in the oil and gas industry. I think it would be really cool to um, now work with people who work at my company but mm-hmm. are more focused on the tech side mm-hmm. of things, right? Because that's something I don't know a lot about. So I don't you... know a lot about Oracle. I don't know a lot about Tesla. I'm like, I'm so used to the Chevrons, the Exxons, the whatever it may be. So when you're working with these oil and gas companies, like, what are you doing? Because you always tell me and I forget. So, I mean, I don't work directly with the clients, right? Because I'm internal. But our consultants in the oil and gas industries, it kind of depends, right? Sometimes it's like technology implementation. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's um, like a TNO, change management type of project, talent organization, where, you know, some oil and gas companies are kind of old school still, right? Mm-hmm. And they're uh, good old boys club, right? Mm-hmm. That are old boomer men now That's that fading away, though. don't know how to use a laptop or an iPad, <laughs> right? So it's like, you know what? If you want to see more sales come in and if you want to um what's the word i'm looking for if you want to appeal to companies that are now being run by younger generations Mm -hmm. you can't function like this you can't function on a desktop computer that's Mm -mm. 20 years old Mm -mm. that can't even you can't even get like microsoft do 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 do. It probably still has aim. You can't do that. Fucking Farmville. Farmville. So like going in, like getting consultants to go in and being like, let me assess the way you're working. Let me assess your processes. You know, like supply chain, all of that, right? And are you finding a lot of like pushback? Like we don't want to do this. So you do. You do hear about a lot of pushback. You. Another thing is like people are resistant resistant to change regardless, yes. right? Even if it is, kind even if it's hell. us, like if somebody comes in, like my role changed over the, the, in the fall, right? And I was like, I don't want my role to change. I was resistant to change and did my comp, like did my department do a good job of change management and being like, mm-hmm. hey, your role is going to change. Here's the resources you need to be successful in your new role. This is what it's going to look like now. Yes, my company did a good job, which mm-hmm. I would expect them to it's a consulting company and that's what we do for our clients but think about that for an entire corporation that has been running that way for decades yeah it's not a speedboat you can just turn like this you're you're maneuvering the titanic man you know it's gonna take a long time steering right for the ship to finally steer right and sometimes you still hit an iceberg Right? Yeah. Sometimes it sometimes it, it goes south, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's a project that's not successful and sometimes you run out of money. Like there's yeah. different things that happen. But I just think it would be cool now to now that I'm more familiar with like the oil and gas type projects, it would be cool to see the tech. The tech side. Like how to implement the technology in a tech company. Right? Oh my god. It's, it's cool. Like how you actually manufacture yeah. what you do. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like I think the whole Blockbuster and Netflix thing really opened the eyes of companies. That Netflix is out here saying, hey, Blockbuster, you should buy me. People aren't always going to go to the store. If I'm able to click, like, turn my TV on and get a movie right then and there, like, why why would that be bad? Mm -hmm. And Blockbuster's like, no, no one's ever going to do that. And then 
Blockbuster goes down the tank. Netflix is soaring right now. You know what I'm great. still amazed by? What? That there's still red boxes. I know, but I, I do like, love a red box. I was like man. that. I mean, I don't even have a DVD player though. <laughs> no, and like computers these days don't have uh, no, they don't. CD-ROMs or whatever yeah. they're called to where you can watch. Yeah, so how are they in business? I don't know. It's an actual like, physical people, CD. People that you still get. have to have a v, uh, not a VCR, a DVD <laughs> player. You're gonna or say a VHS. <laughs> Dude, so, I'm gonna get the freaking air on. It's kind of hot in here. Get a beer. A little toasty with the yeah. the hot tea. Yeah, it is, man. Do you wanna? Should we open this wine? Why not? Are you wanna? You want a beer instead? Oh no, man! Beer versus wine. Let me pause this. I'll edit this out. Mm. Yeah, man. Where'd you get an HEB? I got, dude, I got some uh, keto bread. Keto bread? Yeah. You ever had that? Dude, HEB's baking their own keto bread now. I did not know that. Yeah. I haven't been to HEB what? in a while. Oh, you live above Whole Foods. Because I would go to Whole Foods, and then yeah. there's a Kroger on Mount Montrose, but they closed it. The funky Kroger. Yeah, but they closed it. Yeah, They closed heard, like two weeks ago. That's so sad. It's so sad, man. They had my favorite pickles, and now I don't know which, <laughs> now I don't know which Kroger to go Wait, to. What are you saying? Uh, I my, before they closed, I went and bought like four jars and I, ate, <laughs> I already ate that? all of them. Yeah. No way. Yeah. How, how long ago did you get these pickles? I mean, what the fuck? Like a month ago. You had four jars. You had a jar of pickles a week. They're the best pickles. How many pickles were in the jar? They're like, I mean, it's like a, like this big. It's not like a big massive jar. So maybe like Ugh, ten dude, pickles. The people, like the little ones. Yeah. Oh, the little. Yeah. Yeah. yeah They're spicy cool. though. Oh really? 10 out of 10. That's always freaked me out about the people who get like, you know, you'd be at like a high school football game and they have that big ass plastic yeah. jar of like a ginormous pickle. That's not my vibe. Dude, nah. Like I would see people doing that, I'd be like, I cannot fuck with no, you. No, my, my sister likes you. pickles like that. I'm like, she does. Well, first of all, I, li I like pickles. I, like I'll eat a pickle like that, but spicy pickles Yeah. from Kroger, Yeah. <laughs> game changer. <laughs> like you never will have to, like you can never go back to a normal pickle after you. Really, those. I've never been a pickle. Well, fan. I can't like tell people about it because then they're gonna be sold out and I'll be pissed. Dude, I grew like, up. Like I went to Kroger once just for those pickles before, and they were they didn't have any more. And you were sad. I was, yeah, I went to another Kroger. <laughs> what? That's how badly I wanted them. I put them in everything. But that's what you need like... to do. Then you need to go to a different Kroger to start getting yeah. these pickles. You haven't done it yet. I mean. There's not another conveniently located Kroger. You'd have to come to, you know, yeah. by Rice University. The hood. The hood. That's nice as hell. I'm just kidding. In between Rice and like the medical center, it's like as nice as it gets. It is nice right there. Mm -hmm. Dang, I forgot about that. That's it's nice to go walk around Rice. Yeah, it is. That's a nice little walk. Rice is like a weird part of town, man. It is. I've never really liked it that much. Part of me, you know, being 28. I know I've lived in like the gallery my whole time post graduation and all that, but you've always. But part of me, I mean, except when you lived at city center. Yeah, that one year in city center. <laughs> but part of me like really wants to, and this is gonna sound weird, but part of me wants to like go out to the suburbs and like get a house. But I don't want to do that if I'm not in a relationship, because it'd be a weird thing to like. Yeah. Have a huge house. I'd be like, who's that creepy dude who, who lives by himself? <laughs> but I want in a backyard. And with all these kids running around in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> yeah. 
That honestly, yeah. I think about that because I was like, should yeah. I buy a house in the suburbs? You get such a bigger house in the yeah. suburbs yeah. for like what it would cost to get like a little shack in the loop, right? Right. And I was like, should I just move to the suburbs? But I was like, no, that's kind of creepy. Weren't you looking to buy a house near I downtown? I was. I was. I want. I mean. Not that it's never going to be an option, but the more I thought about it, I was like, planning routes. Oh, you were talking about getting a condo near downtown. A condo. And I was like, planning routes, and like, even if I like rented it out, if I didn't want to live here anymore, I'm like, that's just a lot. That's a lot to Don't want to deal with. Yeah, Yeah. I just don't feel like dealing with it. Yeah, and you have to, you can't think of renting as like, I'm wasting my money. Yeah. Because what renting can also be is like, I'm taking my time, saving my money, taking Mm -hmm. my time. Until I like until something yeah. comes up to where I know I want this. To what I love about renting, and maybe it's because I mean the place I live in has a lot of perks, but it's there's so many things that I don't have to do, right? And like I don't have to worry about like my trash, my mm-hmm. to me that's worth it, right? Like I don't have a lawn to have to keep up with. I can call the concierge and they can go take my car to get gas, right? Like, what? Like, that's, like my we Bro, have a concierge service that that. It's like Jesus Christ. And it's very, I mean, and it's not like it's crazy expensive or anything. And it's just now I almost feel spoiled, right? To where it's like if I could live anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, if you move from somewhere where you can call a concierge to tell them to take your car and get gas, they'll yeah they'll go to Whole Foods and get groceries for me. They'll. And you take, live, they'll, they'll you come live, up, if, like, if I'm not home, they'll take my, if I had a pet, they'd take my pet out for a walk and stuff. So fuck? it's like, it's things like that, that you don't get, that I would miss. Maybe that's just me being like very uh, urban and mm-hmm. a city dweller now, right? It's like, I can't that's imagine life not like that. Well, you have to. Yeah. You gotta imagine it because you're not going to have that forever. Maybe. I could live there for the rest of my life. Bitch, you're not. You're going to have a family one day and and we're gonna live in an apartment and our concierge is gonna take our kids to daycare you don't want that that's such a weird way of living i know that's like the like 0.1 percent of the world the world lives like that and it's just so you're not in tune with humanity like i was talking to my dad the other day and i was like if i ever became like a millionaire i would not let and i had kids i wouldn't let my kids know i'm a millionaire because they'd like and I wouldn't live a lavish lifestyle because I don't want them to know that it changes them, yeah, you know? It does. It's like... In a bad way. It's one thing to know or like one thing to not be aware of mm-hmm. never having to struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think... I mean, speak, speaking from uh, personal experiences, right? Like growing up, that struggle I feel like taught me a lot now mm-hmm. and I wonder if I didn't have that struggle like how I would be now mm-hmm. right because like I'm good with my money because we didn't always have money right mm-hmm. growing up and then like that taught me be like I, I don't want to do that I don't want that kind of life mm-hmm. whereas like I wonder if like you never have to worry about it and even if you don't tell your kids you're loaded right mm-hmm. like they never I, I mean you can teach them I guess an education piece about mm-hmm. it still but I think for me personally, I mean, I learned how I wanted to live my life by seeing things happen that I was like, I never want that for myself. Mm. You know what I mean? Like on the rich side of the spectrum or the poor on side the of poor the spectrum? On the like, poor side. Like parents losing jobs growing up. You never and, want that. And just like struggling to make ends meet and like mm-hmm. not having a savings account, things right. like that, right? Just because like my parents were young. 
when I was young, I mean, obviously like that, my parents were young when they had my older sister, they were 18, uh -huh. right? And so I had very young parents back then that were like my age now and just different upbringings. Uh -huh. like, and, and I learned a lot about from their mistakes to where I'm like, I know now in the future. Well, it's that whole yin yang paradox, yeah. you know, like you don't know this or you know this because you know that like I know black because I know white. Mm -hmm. I know I like Mexico uh, because I don't like something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you don't know happy if you don't know mm -hmm. sad, you know, happy because you know sad. So it's like, Cause that's what makes me wonder is like if you don't know struggle yes who are you who are you because there i think it's a lot easier to go from like i i know struggle but now i'm have a better landing on my feet and i'm not rich but yeah. i'm better off and it's good to see that but you know justin bieber will never Baby. know yeah, he'll never know. know what it's like he's he's always been rich he'll always be rich and I think that kind of is like the ultimate travesty. Like a kid, especially these young fucking kids on Snapchat and TikTok and stuff. Like they're so weird, man. It's so weird. It's like it's like an episode of Black Mirror. Uh, I've never seen that. No, it's like some to me it freaks me out when like there's such a young kid who gets so crazy famous and viral. Yeah. That it's like at that point, like what else is there? Right. 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 Like, like you have all the brand deals, you have all the money, you have all the followers, you have all the fame. Everybody mm -hmm. knows who you are and you're 13. Yeah. Like, Doesn't that speak to how hollow those notions are to seek out that fame and money? Because once you get it, you get to that point where you're like, is this it? Like I'm, this is it, right? But it's like also speaks to the face, the, the fact that like they got to that point because people have supported them up to that point too, right? right? Like people get obsessed. People right. are fans. Of like such people dancing on TikTok, like yeah, literally like I don't even know how to explain <laughs> it, but doing like interpretive dances on yeah. TikTok and like you gain like ten thousand, ten million followers, yeah, like overnight, because like, I mean probably like attractive, mm -hmm. which is weird to say because like they're young, so it's like for the young people they. I mean, when yeah. we were growing up, like who did we look up to, right? Ah, like, uh, fuck, man, I looked up to, like. I like sports figures like Barry Bonds. I loved Barry Bonds. Fucking uh, uh, Drew Brees for the Saints. I, the quarterback for the Saints, man. I loved him. But I looked up to like a lot of athletes, not celebrities. Yeah. And even, I mean, I guess you saw your athletes whenever they played games on, on or TV, Sammy Sosa right? But now like, think about how accessible for these kids it is uh -huh. to constantly get updates from those people that they idolize yeah i remember like i was a kid and like my mom would sit me in front of like the fucking box tv that way <laughs> that you giant to, box tv you had to, like you literally had to wait till sunday to yeah. see a football game right right yeah i mean and there was no like you know when we were growing up the internet was really just coming about so i mean if you wanted to see the score of the packers versus the saints i mean you had to wait you know, 30 minutes yeah. for micro for Windows 95 right. to load. Right. You could have just like pulled out your phone and get it and see. Or you could say, instant, instant Alexa, you know, tell me this or tell me that. Like it's, it's really cool that hum, human, you know, innovation has gotten us to this point. But so 
think about think about it like this. I was reading this thing the other day that money can buy happiness, but it can only buy it up to about seventy-five, eighty thousand dollars. Once you exceed that, your happiness kind of flatlines. Because at that point, you have everything. Your basic needs yeah. are met. Like you're good. So with our our standard of living that we have as humans, think about the pioneers, the manifest destination, those from the 13 colonies and then they get on their wagons and they go out west for the gold rush of the 1800s in California and all the while they're trying to improve their standard of living and I think in the fucking maybe even right after World War II like 1950s our standard of living was not great but it was pretty basic mm -hmm. and all of our basic needs were met and everything since the 50s to me has like exponentially increased our standard of living to a point where we're living too too good too because good. deep down we're fucking animals we're man. animals man it's the greed yeah like, we can't get enough we're the only like, when did that start like how did that is it it's because we're animals i guess right like we're like we... one of the only animals that spends all day on the couch I mean, the only other animal I can think that's probably as lazy as us is probably the fucking sloth. Yeah, the sloth. You know? <laughs> I, uh, I identify as a sloth sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Sundays after hangovers, Sundays, yeah. Sundays, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, that's crazy to think about, right? It's like yeah, other animals are out there like, I need fucking water. So the fucking uh, gazelles in Africa go to the water and drink by the water, and then the alligator, pow! They're done. They're done. That's a life cycle. That's a life cycle. Where we are like, oh, let me walk two steps to my sink faucet and turn the handle hot or cold and get hot or cold water, water instantly. Right. And it cost me like a penny to do that. We've gotten a little too comfortable in my opinion. And it just makes me think like, what's next, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what's next? What is technology going to look like in 10 years, Ooh. 20 years, right? Whenever our kids are our age... Well, think about the last decade. Think about all the technology that improved from 2010 to 2020. And it's that blows my mind. crazy. Because it's like, I can't imagine being more high tech now unless we're like levitating and floating <laughs> through space, right? Or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I can't imagine like a, a device that does anything else than what it does now, right? Like we pay all our bills. We watch YouTube. We call each other. We can FaceTime, see whoever we want at the click of a screen, right? Yeah, but I thought about that when the iPhone first came out. When the iPhone first came out, because I was like in junior high, maybe, I think. Yeah, I, I got was my like, first iPhone in ninth grade. Ninth so grade? Junior high, yeah, grade. it was junior high. And I remember thinking like, this is a touch screen? And then I remember thinking, okay, so this is a device where I can call people, but I also have my iTunes music on here. Because mm -hmm. before then, it was like, my cell phone and my iPod. And then Apple was like, let's fucking put them in the same device. And I remember when the iPhone came out, I was like, okay, we've reached the pinnacle. Like nothing can get better than this. And then that is, you know, 14, down, 14 years down the line from when the first iPhone came out, like today, it's like, we'd look it's at insane. that, like this is ancient. This is, right. what is this right. trash? I think I still have my original iPhone. It's shattered, the screen is- The original iPhone on. didn't even have a selfie camera, you know? A camera, right, it only had- facing you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And they had that for like the first three or four types of iPhones and then- Cause, I don't know, I mean, it just, it blows my mind to think about that. 
Yeah. It freaks me out, honestly. Like, where are we going to be in 2030? Yeah. Because, like, now you think about your iPhone, like, you can mirror it to your TV. You can... Yeah. Like, back in the day, I would lose phones, and I wouldn't freak out. Because I'll be like, I can get another one, you know, like, it just has made, like, Facebook mm-hmm. and whatever. But now, mm-hmm. my phone has everything. Yeah. I everything. Pay, I pay my mortgage on my I iPhone. Pay, yeah, I, I pay my, my rent. I pay all my bills. <laughs> I work from my phone. Yeah. Like... If I lost this now, yeah, it'd be such a bigger deal than if I lost my phone like ten years ago. For sure. I mean, my parents would have killed me. Yeah, they did kill me like ten times. I lost my phone all the time. (laughs) But just like thinking about that, right? It's like it's crazy. Yeah, everything, and it makes me. I have a friend who switched to a flip phone Uh because my hero of like how. Addicted they were to their cell phone. Their cell phone. It's like now I have a flip phone. I can make calls what a phone's intended for, Mm -hmm. and I'm not at 10 p.m. on my phone checking my emails or Mm -hmm. losing sleep because I'm watching TikToks. I lose so much sleep. It'll be 11:30 at night. I'm in bed and I'm just watching YouTube videos. YouTube, YouTube, watching comedy on YouTube. Just googling like random shit like. Why are porcupines spiky? Like, you know, just <laughs> random shit. You know, and was... I'm, I'm doing that at 1130. And then I wake up the next day. Oh, man, I should have. And I wake up the next day literally thinking, I, I need to get off my phone at night so I can sleep better. Yeah. And the next night, I do it fucking do again. It again. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to watch TikTok so I fall asleep. No, like, that, that's not how life should be working. Yeah. The other day, I freaked out because I was in my head about this when I realized... I had my work laptop next to me. I had my work phone, had my cell phone, had my iPad. Oh my and I was just like. <laughs> and they're all Apple products, huh? And like everything was going off at once. I was like, this is how I'm gonna die. Yeah. This is like, this is crazy to me. It's I don't know why. It just like yeah. blew my mind. I'm like, at once, all my devices like dings. And, and I was you, like. And do you think on your deathbed, on your deathbed, are you gonna be looking back, being like, "Oh, I'm so happy. I spent so much time on my, on my, device, Apple devices." Right. No, no, like fuck a Fitbit, man. Fuck a Fitbit. And that's why I'm like, fuck me. I, I don't know. Just have been wanting to be outside more, wanting to walk, because I feel like I am like, during, like working from home, being mm-hmm. remote because of COVID. It's like, you're literally staring at your computer all day. Mm-hmm. We can walk around our apartments and, but. I need that real being nature. back like when we were in the office, right? Like I remember just like what I valued most was being able to walk around, talk to people, mm-hmm. um, be able to step away from my laptop. I don't know why, like working from home, I feel like I have to be constantly working and like on yeah. line. Probably because I'm by myself, right? Like who am I gonna talk to? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not, I mean it's good to take breaks, good to stand up and stuff, but I'm like, I don't know, it's just so weird how I hate the fact that I'm always on a device. Yeah. I hate it. Like, you're more than a device. You're a yes. fucking human, you're human being. You're human. On on Earth. Like, you're on a giant ball in the middle of space. Mm-hmm. And you're spending your time looking at a screen. Like, I don't want to totally berate screens. I mean, they're great. They're great. I was watching stand-up yeah. comedy on my TV before exactly. you came over. It was fantastic. I was having a great time. You but... laugh, and that's a good thing to be doing, right? Right. Is to laugh. You but if I laugh. live my life continually through these devices, am I really living my life? Right. You're not. And that's why, I mean, today I had, um, for my entire team across North America, we had a 
um, like an all hands call, right? Mm-hmm. And it was an hour long. So the person that um, was speaking on it had scheduled it for an hour. Turns out it was only a 30 minute call, but she was like, at the end of 30 minutes, she's like, I blocked out an hour. I want everyone to shut their laptop because your your calendar was blocked for an hour. Whoa, that's cool. This call is done right now. She's like, either go on Do Not Disturb, close your laptop, go on a walk, call a family member, call a friend, catch up with somebody. Mm For the next 30 minutes yeah because y'all need to take a break and step away i was like holy shit that's so thought i was like that is crazy though right because at first i was like man a, a, an hour-long call another hour-long call i'm gonna have to sit on right <laughs> yeah. and totally mind fucked me and like blew my mind whenever they're like close your laptop yeah shut your laptop step away be like it's okay to do that mm-hmm I don't know. I just feel, I don't know. It's crazy. So we we start working from home because of coronavirus. Now everybody's working from home, but it's so weird how like companies still just have you by the fucking reins, man. They do. Just just crack the whip on you. Like 8 a.m. Call you. Are you you up? Are you by your laptop? What are you doing? I don't know if you have like Teams or Skype or anything, but like people can literally see when you're online. Right. And as soon as I open my laptop, as soon as I sign in and then I connect to the internet and it shows I'm available, somebody pings me and oh, I wow. ends me. It's somebody, and it's like coming back to all these emails. I'm like, it never ends. It literally never ends. <laughs> so, you know, like on the Skype, Messenger Skype, like you can change your green bubble. If you're not active for five minutes, it goes yellow. You can change the time limit. It stays green. You know but that, right? I wanted to like show that I'm presenting or on a call or something, so people don't message <laughs> yeah, me like anymore. Right? Busy or busy? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, like stop. That. Like like in a meeting. In a meeting. But yes. you can change the amount of time the the lights green to like a fucking hour. You know. Honestly, sometimes I turn my status to away and I'm yellow all day. Yeah. Just because I don't want people to ping me. Yeah. Which is not good. And here's I a, shouldn't be you can actually change your Skype light too to like offline. And if I were you, that's what I would do. Just be mm. offline, but be sending emails. But it's so that, crazy that I'm like on a call with like my lead or somebody and we're talking about something and she she makes me realize I'm like, oh, I haven't done this yet. While I'm on a call with her, I'm IMing somebody else. Uh-huh. I'm like multitasking. Uh-huh. It's just, I don't know. I don't know why it fucks with my brain so much. It does because it's, it. it's not a natural it's not human normal. function. It's not natural, yeah. You're, you're working for a made-up company to get made-up dollars. To make people richer. That's to make not other me. people more made-up money. Yes. That way you can have enough made-up money to, to fucking take some time off and go spend it in your real home out in nature. Yes. You're doing all these made-up things to be a human like we work for made-up companies make made-up money and then we take pto and you know where we go we go hiking man we go camping which is where we were meant to be right and and i get it if we just lived out in nature like some like some indigenous tribes our standard of living wouldn't be that good and it's always like i feel like it's an inherent thing within the human to want to improve our standard Mm -hmm. of living like Oh, it's wintertime in Connecticut, and my blanket is all these leaves. Oh, I'm freezing, and there's predators. There's bears outside, you know? It's like yeah. we should improve our standard of living. But like I said, I think 
we've improved it too much to a point where now all people are ever concerned about is fucking money and my 401k and what's the government doing it's gonna oh the government and we we and then celebrities and entertainment we we live for these fucking hollow Dude, shallow it's so made up shallow. things it's so shallow yet you always feel good when you're hiking down a trail and you're surrounded by trees you feel and good for, because for that, that moment. that's your home cuz like even when i was hiking like at the beginning i was thinking about work or i was thinking about some like things and i was like you know what when you can finally get to that point on your hike or while you're floating down mm-hmm. the river whatever it may be that you like to do on the beach laying in the sand when you can get to that point when you're finally not thinking about anything else but how good that moment feels Mm -hmm. that's how life should be yeah all the time just that moment of pure bliss bliss you're not thinking about emails you're not thinking about you're not even thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch no you're You're literally just in the moment you're in the moment and enjoying that shit Mm -hmm. you feel your senses can feel the sun they can feel the breeze you're calm. Yeah. Which is something that like I struggle with too. Like anxiety and not being calm, especially with work when I'm all Typing the time. Away. Right. And it's like this is it's such an unfamiliar feeling. So when you feel it it feels so good. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's how we should be feeling. Mm-hmm. We should be able to Yeah. Quiet our minds. We should be able to stop. Yeah. Pause. Feel. Right? You want to know something fucking crazy about my last company? So my last company, there's a lady in HR. I won't name her. <laughs> like she's going <laughs> to fucking listen. But th- we had a survey in my last company. And I had to fill it out. And one of the questions was, is, you know, you working here every day, Monday to Friday, you know, 8 to 5, what's something you would indu- you would do to improve the atmosphere of this place? And I wrote down... I would make it feel more homey, make it feel more like a home than an office. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, you know, especially with women, because they take a lot longer to get ready in the morning, you know, they're essentially at work from 6.30 in the morning to 6 p.m. at Whenever, night when they yeah. get home. You are in that office for so many hours every day. Like that's really like your home well, that's in your a home. sense. That's your home away so from your I, home. So I wrote down in my answer, like make it feel more homey, put snacks out, make, improve the yeah. lounge room. Don't like have furniture from the seventies. Put right. a ping pong well, table Like it's in a here. second thought. Like we're spending so much time here and we're your minions making all so much money. Yeah. That's such a small gesture. And you can't put a ping pong table in here. Right. Or a pool table and just say, hey, as long as you're caught up with your work, feel free. You know, go play a game of ping pong or or something like that. And like work is stressful, right? Work, I mean, it's, even if you love your job, you can still be overwhelmed. There's no better way to try to release some of that stress than playing ping pong. And they just say, oh, stay in your office and drink another cup of coffee. Yeah. Like really, like that's going to solve the issue. Man, this is honestly, this is such a millennial thing for us to be talking about right now too. Though. <laughs> but I'm it's so, the fucking I, truth. I, it's the truth, but it's funny because it's like this, I'm like, we're being such millennials right No, now. but I want to say on my survey, so I'm talking with the HR lady about my answers and I was saying, hey, you know, put more couches in, ping pong table, whatever. And then another comment was, uh, of mine was, put more snacks around the office, put some chips in here. 
and just let people come up and grab chips and go back. Not a vending machine. Yeah. I'd like for my company to expense some fucking Fritos, okay? We're in a maybe a refrigerator with drinks where we can come up and get yeah. them. And her first comment back to me was, "Oh, do you know how expensive that's gonna we be?" Have the budget for that? Who you have the budget? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Are like, you kidding me? How much and, money? And then, how much money does this company make a quarter? Oh my God! If you saw how much money my life, and I get it. Maybe some companies actually don't have the budget for that. Some smaller yeah. companies, but startups I or whatever. Yeah. Maybe they don't. Yeah. My company was a very big company. And I'm like, really? So all these outside salespeople expensing these steak dinners every night and you can't put some fucking lace? You can't get a fucking Costco card (laughs) and buy this shit in bulk and keep it in the storage room and put it out. And And her comment back to me was like, well, people are going to take advantage of that and steal it. And I, 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 I thought about it and I was like, maybe at first they will. But then they're going to steal enough to where they already have a ton of it at home, so they're going to stop stealing. But to me, too, that is a culture thing. Yeah. To assume that. Yeah. Like, to assume that people... Yes. I will say that is just a pure assumption. Yeah. It's an assumption, but it's like, if you think that the people that you hired to your company would do that... would do that. Yes. Maybe you need to hire better people. Wow. Yeah. Maybe you need to, to think about... Who you bring in. Priorities, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I just thought, if you know, if we're at an office from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and then we're on the road before and after, like, don't make it feel like some rundown office. Make it feel like a home, man. Because these, these co-workers so are my to family. Do. Yeah. And I just, it's, it seems like a simple fix. It's so, it's so easy. It would really increase Buy morale. snacks. Have some fun shit and encourage it, right? Mm-hmm. Encourage people, yeah, go grab a snack. Like, take a break. Walk. Yeah. Stand up. Get yeah. some steps in. Do a lap. And also, like, bosses don't micromanage me in the sense of, hey, you have a one-hour lunch break. You know, mm-hmm. if you're 61 minutes on your lunch break where you're getting written up, you know, be like, hey, take it whenever. Yeah. Take as long as you need. As long as you're on top of your work and you're productive exactly. and you're good. and. And if you need to take a 30-minute break and just go walk around Marshalls at 2.30 p.m., you fucking do that, man. If that's what you need to, you keep, do it, that. to keep it moving, then do it, right? You and that's it. one thing I'm really thankful for about my job. Is it rainbows and sunshine all the time? Absolutely not. But it's like I have I have the flexibility that I need. Like if yeah. I – I mean I'm today I literally had calls from like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., right? Wow. Where I, I – scheduled bathroom breaks right on my wow are you serious and i would like drop from a car early to go to the bathroom but that's not always the case right that's not always the case there's days where my calendar is a lot more open and i'm like you know what i have two hours before my next call Mm -hmm. i kind of want to go to the thrift store i kind of want to go thrifting right now and i can and it's not like my my boss my manager is going to be like where are you why aren't you online Mm -hmm. because it's like i'm taking a step yeah. Back and I'm maybe I'm not going to lunch. Like maybe it's not standard lunch hour or something. Like no, but it's, but I'm taking a break. It's something you need to do. That's something I need to do. I had like in the month of December, I got a flat t- tire twice, and I take my car in to get mm-hmm. my new tires. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not gonna tell anybody. No, I'm just gonna go. But nobody asked. Either. Yeah, nobody asked. I mean, we don't get like written up or anything. But I'm. Like if that ends up coming back to like be a performance issue because mm-hmm. I wasn't online for an hour in the morning, 
I didn't have anything scheduled. I got all my shit done. Like, it doesn't matter. Nah. That's, I mean, I could talk, and I won't talk about it, but I could talk about culture for corporations all day because that's my job. That's your job. Yeah. So, my last company was very micromanagement. This company I'm at now is very. Do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. And like, hey, I get your shit done. You're good. I won't even talk with anybody from, you know, the upper upper echelons of management. I won't even talk to them for like an entire week. Yeah. They just know, they have faith in me that I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna go out there and crush it and try to do good for the company. I will say, when they give you that much leverage to do what you want. It's so easy it's to take so advantage easy. of it and say, you know what? I'm going to go golfing at 1 o'clock today. You have to have the discipline, right? You have to be you disciplined. You have to be disciplined. But you yeah. also have to understand that if you work yourself to death, you're not really living. You're not. I don't think God created earth or whoever created the earth, the universe, like whatever the higher power there is. I don't think they created this. And we're like, you know what? I really hope they have companies and make money and have jobs. That wasn't his intention. That wasn't God's intention. I think God's intention was I hope they like enjoy the moment, love each other, and spread positivity. I think if the Bible were to be rewritten, one of the uh, deadly sins would be working too much. I think so too. Well, I do. Who was it that said you need to take Sunday off for? Yeah, like keep the relaxation, uh, Sabbath day holy, right? Or something like that. Who said that? Is that what it's called? Is that fucking Jesus? I haven't gone to church in so long. (laughs) Was that Jesus? Who said that? Keep the holy day. Holy day? No. Sabbath day holy. Because Sabbath is Sunday. There was some holy motherfucker out there who was like, well. John the Baptist? Take take Sunday off or take one day a week off to, you know, and and enjoy. We took two days. It was Saturday. I almost like eat, like, (laughs) in my mind, I equate overworking to gluttony what's the difference between overeating and overworking besides i mean because they both have physical they uh, do like in the long run they do they both harm your physical well-being overall health and overall health yeah like what's the difference overeating overworking i mean the things they have in common is they're detrimental they're detrimental to you yeah in different ways there was a uh, story about a guy in Japan, like this, this is a real story, I'm not even making this up. Uh, there was a guy in Japan who came home, you know in Japan, like in the 90s, early 2000s, they had a very hardworking culture, work all day, work all night, work all the time. He, he was walking home and because he was so stressed from work, he collapsed in front of his family in his living room and died Holy in front shit. of his kids and mom and like... Look, I don't know how the doctors diagnosed it. Oh, death from stress. But that's how he was. That was how he was diagnosed uh, as he died, you know? They said death from stress. You think about your your blood pressure at that point? Or your... I don't... I mean, obviously we don't know what went into it to... to But you gotta know, stress does have a factor on your overall health. It has to. There's... I mean, there's been so many times where... It's like Sunday, and I have so many deliverables like due that that next week to where Sunday like supposed to be our day of rest, supposed to be our weekend. You know, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be relaxing and not worrying about work because that's mm-hmm. our break from work. Yeah, but it's like weird. all you can think about is work and, yeah, the, it's and the upcoming up week, right? And you're just like, <laughs> I'm I, like I look at my calendar on Sundays and I'm like, 
for the upcoming week. And I'm like, man. So what do you think about the saying then that is you know money is the root of all evil? What do you think about that? I have my own opinions, but I want to hear yours. Do I think money is the root of all evil? I No, not do you think, but just what oh. do you think about it generically? What do you think when someone says money is the root of all evil? I think intentions are the root of all evil. And I think m money Ooh. makes people have different intentions. Mm, wow. That was actually really good. Because I've, I, I've caught myself in that before. So and money is not the root of all evil, but money, intentions are the root of all evil, and money is probably like a predominant player yes. in changing somebody's intentions. I totally see that. I think money does a lot of good things. I do too. It does a lot of bad things too. I think money, money is literally fake. Yeah, well it is. It is. There was no dollar bills when the cavemen were here. <laughs> I'm like, and the way that we decide you know? as a society like, that this piece of paper is worth this much, is worth this much, and like this piece of paper is actually obsolete because nowhere takes cash these days anymore. It's like, it's so what fake. the fuck? It's so fake. So the the only difference between a one dollar bill and a twenty dollar bill is a different dead president's face. Yes. That's it. It's made of the same material, everything, I... same colors. It's just a different dead president's face. I um got and a petition <laughs> to, to put Maria yes, Sabina on something. On, yeah, she deserves. Maria it. Sabina's the shit, man. Like Maria Sabina to me is you know from Oaxaca, Mexico. She died like in 1990s, I think, or 1980s, something like that. She lived a really holistic lifestyle and was like really in tune with I think what the, what life should have been about or should be about. I think it is somewhat of a detriment to be born in America. As as weird as that is to say. Amen. As weird as that I is agree. to say. There are fucking struggling kids in India, man, who are eating mud for dinner tonight, you know? There are there are people living in severe po or poverty and to go along with that poverty, you know, they don't have the kind, they're not as progressive as the USA. Like, it's very conservative in other countries. Like, you do this, you're going to get beat up. Mm -hmm. Or Saudi Arabia, if you're a woman, you have to leave the house with your husband and have a mask over your face. Like, it's, well, there's pros. But a place like Mexico or Latin America, Oaxaca, Mexico, they're, they're not as strict as that. But they're very much more nature-oriented. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. That's, they, they, they found the balance. They did find the balance. But I will say, when you go to Mexico City, like I went twice last year, when you go, it's like, man, there are people struggling for cash. Even though they're definitely more in tune with nature, mm -hmm. I think in Latin America, they're still on the hunt for money. Like the cartels, the like cartel, a, yeah. all these people, they're looking for money. And, yeah. It is a detriment to a be detriment. born in the USA to a certain extent. There's a lot of pros, but a lot of cons, and I think the cons aren't talked about enough. Cause to me, I, I don't know. I just, when I think about, to me, one of my biggest fears in general is having a kid, but one of my biggest fears is having, having to raise a kid in America right now. Mm-hmm. 
with the current way of the world, with again like technology, with the priority and the emphasis yeah. and the importance that we put on success and I don't know, it's just yeah. Cause I I feel like I feel so much of that pressure to where like if I have a kid like how 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 magnified and like how amplified are those pressures going to be mm-hmm. when they grow up? Like I'm there's days where I'm like I'm so I, I want to quit like I'm done like this is enough right and just thinking I don't know it's just everything that we know of, of life right now with the trends that we see and how much technology progresses, how crazy politics has gotten. It's yeah. like, it's only going to be, it has the potential to only be, I'm yeah. not going to say it can only be, because I yeah. can believe it can change, right? It has the potential to only be even crazier and even worse for our kids, right? And yeah. that scares the shit out of Well, me. you said it could be better or worse yeah. for our kids, right? Yes. So I always liken it to the theory of, you know, water always levels itself out like water choppy waves but ultimately it will level itself out that makes me think of something someone told me before it's like mother nature always has a way of balancing itself out everything is in balance man yeah i like that and you can get so caught up in the highs and the lows that ultimately yeah it's going to balance itself out and you can really freak yourself out if you just really get entrenched in those highs and really get entrenched in those lows you gotta let them pass man you can't get caught up in them and i think 2020 was the perfect year to get caught up in the lows yes it was because there was a lot of them and motherfuckers in the media on the right and the left propagated this every day every day you know, you can't get away from your iPhone and then you're on your laptop working from home. Okay, let me go to yahoo.com and take any article yahoo.com publishes. I always say yahoo, not yahoo. Take any article yahoo. they publish. Let's say it's a right-leaning article. They don't have a lot of those, but let's say it's a, then let's say it's a left-leaning article. It doesn't matter to me if it's right or left. The, the context of what is in the article is always negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always negative. And we have a diet for our physical bodies with the food that we consume. We need a mind diet. A diet for our mind, man. A diet, a detox. Uh, yeah. Like the cleanse. foods we eat physically affect our bodies in terms of like our, our metabolic health. Yep. We never talk about the media that we consume and how, and how it affects our you know, mental health. We need a diet for our we mind, man. We need to. We need to. Honestly, I mean, that's a big reason why like, I don't. I can't watch the news. Because I already have like mental health struggles to begin with. Yeah. To where it's like, it gets so much worse yeah. when I'm constantly like watching the news. Or I'm constantly... I mean, I have strong political beliefs. But when I was... Like the last four years, I mean, it's been crazy right obviously for everybody no matter where you stand no matter what you believe in it's been fucking crazy for yeah, years sure. right and it's it's well, i mean we we gave a we said a reality tv star you should be the president of the usa I mean, that's it's crazy that's america to a t these days but doesn't right? it show like the hollowness of the presidency yes. in itself that yes like this is more honest to god now i look at it as like this isn't a 
you're the best fit for the job. This mm. is a celebrity contest. It is. And I will say that I want... There's like a lot of thoughts <laughs> in my mind right now. I'm trying to figure out how to, to one, communicate man. them and pick one. one, right? All my personalities are talking right now. Yeah. Um, fuck this, fuck one, that. One thing I love, <laughs> one thing I love about generation is it z or x like the young oh, the young folks know, right man. now are you one, talking about the people younger than us yes oh fuck them man. i know but one fuck thing them. one thing i love about them is that <laughs> is that they created cancel culture and they you they, like that they are woke as fuck because no i think they're a fake woke they might be fake woke, but they make shit happen but they do have some real wokeness they in make too. some shit yeah, they, they make shit happen you're right you're right I when back in the I 80s solely, they would turn a blind I eye. I solely believe Biden won because of that generation, right? I solely believe that I, I think Biden won because of that generation and the media. And the media. But yeah. exactly. I mean, because they're so in tune with the media. They're so in tune with current events, what's happening. Well, if the left owns the media and the media wakes up every day and says, We're gonna we're gonna create a hundred articles of how Donald Trump sucks. Like that mind diet I was talking about. Yeah. Your mind, that's what your mind is going to consume. So if I say, like, you're ugly every day to you <laughs> of your life, you're going to think like, oh my God, I'm, I'm fucking ugly. ugly. Yeah. So if the media tells you, fuck Donald Trump, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree with him, but if the media tells you, fuck Donald Trump every day for the last four years, then yeah, they're going to sway a lot of voters' minds, man. But, that's, but that is what, like... Honestly, that's why I like TikTok because I've been able to see mm -hmm. the back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to see something I never did at 18 years old was form an opinion. I know, but that's for the better, man. Right? That's for the better. And you were living your life. I was fuck. living my life, but you know, like I wasn't even voting. And I mean, those are things that fuck that we see now yeah. really impact the way we can live our lives, yeah. right? And you vote. Yeah. Yeah. It counts. And to me, it's been refreshing to see. Yes, it's scary to know like that generation is up and coming, and they're the oh next. Oh my god! The dude. next. Oh my you know, god! You know? But at the same time, I was like, to me, it seems like they're thinking. They are. The wheels are turning. They have a lot of different means to information. Right. So they can do research. They are able to see different sides of things if they want to, to. I have to interject and say, though, is that what a 15-year-old should be doing? I mean, when I, was, when, I was, when I was 15 years old, I was sneaking out of the house and going to house parties. Right. Maybe yeah. they're still doing that. I hope so. I hope they're still having a good time and having fun. And yeah. I hope they're not constantly on their phones, but like trying to cancel people. And, right. What and I'm saying is, I just don't, whenever I have a kid, I don't want a woke 15-year-old. I want a 15-year-old who is enjoying the moment as a fucking, as a dumbass 15-year-old. That's what I want. I get it that they need to be that, I think in the 80s and 90s, when injustices were done, we more so turned a blind eye and just didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Now people are talking about it all the time, and that's so great because... You know, the Constitution was written, or somewhere in the Declaration of Independence, it said that all men are created equal. 
But that was that even though that was written down, it wasn't really the case no. until yeah. kind of recently when we've woken up to these things that mm. you know we're not treating each other equally. Yeah, like this shit's happening. This, this shit's this happening. Crazy, right? But at the same time, a part of me is like, I don't want my kid to be Greta Dunberg by any means. I think that's a. <laughs> it's almost like I, I don't I, want your kid to be autistic either. <laughs> oh, is she autistic? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> she has Asperger's. Oh, High functioning autism. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then that's that sucks in my opinion that they took they took a kid with fucking autism and made it their role, you know, mm -hmm. like such a thing. You shouldn't take a kid with autism and do that to him to give him that much notoriety and publicity. In my opinion, I don't even know what autism is, but, <laughs> but it just seems wrong. Yeah, and you shouldn't take a kid and use him for your own, you know, things like like conspiracy. Did they take Justin Bieber at nine years old and say, man, could I make a lot of money off this kid or we're going to make you a star? Like, I like when things happen more organically. Let it happen. Just let it happen rather than force the issue with and using a kid as fucking propaganda, man. Greta Dunberg is going to look back in her 70s and be like, wow, dude, I was just a pawn for these politicians back then and i don't think she's com but, she's completely a pawn because i don't think i mean but knowing i think about, she's gonna look yeah. back and say i wish i would have spent a little more time like just being a kid i don't think so you don't think so because i think she because she has asperger's they're, they're they think, <laughs> they no but they think, they think differently right oh do they yeah they get oh. passionate about something and that's their purpose oh, right okay and so that's her mindset i think so was she involved with climate change on her own organically or did someone kind of force that upon I her? I mean pro from what I've studied and what I because I used to work with the autism yeah kids and clients and Shout out Olivia. what what I've learned working in that space and what I've learned studying that space is that autism people on the spectrum they they tend to get um obsessed mm -hmm. with something different things yeah something yeah. with something so it's different for everyone they they used to call it like a stem i don't know if they still call that if that's like a technical term they or just not. Like catch on to something they, they catch on to something and they become obsessed mm -hmm. obsessed and that's all they want to talk about that's all they care about from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed like that's what they dedicate their life to mm -hmm. and to some it's like if you're very one way on the spectrum, that stem and that obsession could be a toy, mm -hmm. right? A Barbie doll, for example. If you're high functioning, that could be something that you heard on the news as a very young child about climate change or mm -hmm. about prison reform. Mm -hmm. And you remember hearing about it and for some reason it sticks. Mm -hmm. Something about it sticks your brain their brains become obsessed it's just peanut butter on bread yeah and they're like something about it clicks and it's like uh, that's all i care about now wow yeah well and i bet if if you caught on to climate change if you're greta and you catch on to that organically mm -hmm. and then they're like oh you should come to the paris climate agreement then you're almost i mean you're perpetuating something yeah someone's already obsessed with yes so it's weird it's super i weird. see that with people yeah. in my life like my personal life i won't name them but someone who believed this 
because they were influenced by somebody else, let's say dating somebody else, and that other person, the person they were dating had a idea about something, and then the person that I knew became obsessed with that idea. They're like, it's right. And then when they stop dating that person and go date somebody else, they're not that person anymore, and they're yeah. somebody else. And you're like, what you, influenced that? Right. right. Like, you're so influenced by these other people. I think the best thing you can be, I think real wokeness, in my opinion, is owning your mind. Owning your mind and being able to see all perspectives. Yes. Yes. On, yes. Yes. In a way that is, I mean, because everyone forms their own opinions, but in a way that's not because Fox News says it, right? Like what right. we're talking about now. It's like you're able I don't know, you're just Tucker able Tucker Carlson said this. Ooh. Don Lemon said that. Yes. Ooh. I'm like, if you want to base your opinions on that, sure. How many millions of people do, right? But, like but mine it's weird. Like I am a twenty eight year old man. Damn, you're young. <laughs> I'm a twenty eight year old boy. Boy. You a Fuck boy, bro. Right? Fuck boy. And Something happens, an occurrence, let's say. Something happens. I don't... So all I need told to me is like, hey, this happened here, and you should know about it. And I can form my own fucking opinions. I don't need Tucker Carlson or Don Lemon telling me how I should feel about this. Right. Because then you're trying to own a piece of my mind. You're coming in from exactly. the outside you're saying, you should feel horrible or you should feel great this happened. Well, I should feel how I feel. I feel, because yes. my feelings are valid and yes. they mean something. And your feelings are valid too. Right. But don't fucking, you know, don't throat fuck me with your opinions, dude. Don't force it down my throat. Exactly. And, and that's what... That's I, government now. I know. Because really the news to me has always been, hey, today there was a cat stuck in a tree and the fire department came and they got the cat out. Hey. Like, that's news. That's an occurrence that happened yeah. and there was no subjective opinion put into it. But you go on Fox and CNN and uh, MSNBC or and one, one American network and you're like, oh, this isn't the news. This is, this is a government talk show. Yeah. That's what that is. Right. The news is the fucking news. Hey, it's sunny outside today. Mm -hmm. That's the news. It's sunny. Right. This is hey, what the a, what the news is now is it's it's a government talk show. Government talk show. Somebody's perspective. Yeah. That they're communicating. Right. As and, facts. Yeah. And I like what Rogan always says about it is, you're literally giving these people thirty seconds to go. Okay. Well, what do you think about this? Thirty seconds. We gotta let you go. There's a commercial for Trident gum coming up. What the fuck? That's crazy. It is. That's not how an opinion it gets is formed. Crazy. It's crazy to think about, man, because it's just, we're so conditioned and we're so used to it. Yeah. Right? It's like, that's all we've never, ever known. Right. And that's another weird thing I think about life sometimes at its core is things feel normal to us because it's all we've ever known. Because we know no we know other way. Different. Yeah. We, like monogamy. You know, one man, one, or a hut, or you, not just a man and a woman, not that, because it could be a man or man yeah. or a woman and woman. That's what monogamy says. It's, uh, there's, yeah, but it says one person. Mm -hmm. That's your partner for life. Because when so polygamy much. says 
oh, it can be a lot of people who love each other. Yeah. And it's because so much of, I feel like in America, so much of our foundation is based on religion, too. Which I'm not saying that's a good or a well, bad thing. Well, the world, name. man. The world. Good. I mean, I don't... I mean, name a country whose, you know, foundation isn't based on religion. Man, I'm true. sure there's some I don't know there, a lot about other countries, so I don't want to misspeak. India is totally indoctrined with Hinduism. Uh, fucking Latin America, every country, all Catholic Christian, you know? And then you got... Uh, Fucking what? Somewhere in the uh, Middle East, you know, Muslims and so there's a lot of countries out there. It's all indoctrinated with religion. But my thing is, is with monogamy and polygamy, monogamy seems normal to us because it's what we were born into. Mm -hmm. It's all we know. And governments and businesses and jobs, they're normal to us because it's all we've ever known. But the cavemen didn't know what they didn't a, know what a uh, company was. They had pet saber-toothed tigers. They did. Which was a fucking dope-ass tiger. Hell yeah. That's my favorite animal. <laughs> yeah. Saber-toothed tiger? Dude, that was a savage animal. Hell man. yeah. Yeah. I wish they still existed. Saber-tooth. That was my pot at Hamilton <laughs> Junior High. That was a oh, shit. I think I was, too. Were you saber-toothed? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's probably why I've, I like them so much. Yeah. Just brings back great memories of the worst years of my life. Worst years? Junior high sucked. What? High yeah, school was so much better. It was weird. High school was so much better than junior high. Like, I didn't have a bad junior high experience. It's, it's such an awkward stage. My sister. But, you're right. Alright, we're live again. What's going on? What should we talk about? What's like, what's going to be your podcast intro? Ooh, I'm not going to have an intro, man. No, you have to. Well, maybe I'll do like a little, like, quick biography of the person being like, today. No, we have, have to be like, yo, Cammy Cam, we back on the track. Or something what? Like what? So no. like a staple, like a staple. So oh, people, man. people like recognize. Well, I do, I do want to put it, like, actually this time, put it on a platform. Because last time, before my house burned down, I had 11 episodes. Damn. And I actually had some people, because I'd put it on my Instagram, like, episode four with my friend Brayden. And by the way, this is fucking dumb. It's not, it's nothing, like, I'm trying to promote, or, mm -hmm. and I won't promote it. But, um, I won't promote it like it's an actual business. Maybe it's some friends. But I actually had some friends DM me before the house fire, and they were like, oh, like, I, remember, I think I remember I remember DMing you too and being like, hey, I want Where to jump on Where can I listen to it? Yeah, yeah. I listen to it and I want to be a guest too. There were yeah. some people who DM me like, where can I listen to it? And I thought, that is kind of cool. Like, yeah, that is To cool. have my voice out there to where fucking ex-friends yeah. or random people can listen. Because I'll go on Spotify and listen to random people. Same. Stuff like, Sarah, like any talk. Anytime anyone posts about a podcast or some shit, or like if it's somebody that I respect their opinion... Yeah. I'm like, damn, I'm going to go check out this podcast because <laughs> if, like, this person that I like and, like, I would take advice from because uh -huh. they're my friend or they're cool or whatever, like, I, I think that would be worth checking their yeah. podcast And there out. is something to be said of, like, oh, we had a class together. We did math in 10th grade. Well, bitch, I'm fucking 28 Seriously, now. Seriously. And like, who is this person? This, this is on growth, right? Yeah, and... You know, you met me through these, like, you know, A, I'm 17 years old, and B, you only met me for 
Damn. You know, in that class, so and we talked, and we talked, you know, for a little bit. But this is like, oh, you really get to know this person and their perspective because we're talking for two hours on a mic, right? You know, so you really get to know them. And it's unfiltered. It's, it's raw. It's whatever's top of mind yeah. about the topic at hand, right? Yeah, dude. It's like you see you're that? not planning for it. You don't have notes <laughs> written. It's just like whatever you think. Say. Yeah, did you see that article the other day that there was like two uh, gay penguins who stole the egg of a uh, of a straight penguin's couple? <laughs> it was so funny. It was literally, like it was like some place where penguins are, I'm sure, like Antarctica, but it was a gay couple penguins stole the fucking physical egg of like of a like straight, a straight couple. couple. Yeah, like penguins. ran away or something like that. And now they have a little baby. They have a little baby. That's crazy. And they're normalizing Savage, it. dude. Savages. Savage, man. Damn. You know who's a fucking savage? Ellen. You ever watch Ellen? No. Oh. I ever watched much of Ellen. I've never watched her, and I have no way to authenticate the people who talk shit about her. But something deep same. down in me is like, yes, I want this to be true. Honestly, Fuck same. Ellen. Honestly, same. Yeah. Any... I don't know. I mean, like, anyone that's tied to, like, the Epstein shit. Is she tied to Epstein? Yeah, it, like, freaks me out. Whoa, so, it's like... how? Red flags. I don't even remember. There's a lot of people tied to Epstein, though. There are. Bill so Gates. So, that's why I'm like... I mean, obviously, we don't know. We'll never fucking know the we'll full never story, know. right? But it's no. like... It's weird. It's weird to think about. Well, think so about, many influential people. Think about this. And I'm sorry, Joe, but Ghislaine, you know, his baby's name is Joe, too. But Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's right-hand lady... Is arrested over a year ago and like has yet to testify. And like, when's the last time we heard a peep about it? Never. And Never. That's, that was so high profile then. No, and this is Jeffrey Epstein. If there's anyone who knows the most about Jeffrey Epstein, it it's is Ghislaine Maxwell. That's why we haven't heard a peep. And She's well protected. Yeah, I know. And then you're talking. She's well protected because she can fuck over Donald Trump. She can, she can fuck, fuck over, over Hillary Clinton or no Bill Clinton. I mean, she can fuck over all these people. Or it's like the Illuminati shit. You I know? don't believe in that shit. I mean, but what there's there's, the a, there's an elite. Like there's an elite of some sort, there right? Are, and I think yeah. that's it. And I think oh, that's that the Illuminati? is what they're like um, can be exposed through this. Yeah. So many Ooh. secrets. So many. Ooh, I would love it. I would love it. That would have made 2020 better. Leak that shit. We gotta know. We gotta what happen. Know. It's just crazy to me that you can arrest Ghislaine Maxwell and like. I say this is in, this is information you need. Yeah. You need ASAP. You need this information. But. But I believe that information is known to people now. Oh, it is. But it's like we they're they're like there's no way we can like let this out. This isn't like they're pro it's probably so insane. Yeah. That. They're like, this is going to cause a war yeah. or something like this is going to, I don't, I don't know. Cause well, I think if you like, oh, if you start to think saying, about like yeah. the people involved, you start to think, think about the citizens might rise up yeah, and be like, what the fuck were our political leaders doing? And like, this Bill is what our fucking yeah. lives, our countries, our, our well-being have all been based on and like built on. Yeah. Yeah, and we just we took it without asking any yeah. questions, you know. Like it, the weird thing is, is how you set up a government and keep them in check too. Like who keeps the president in check? Yeah, I mean, there's people who try, there's organizations who try, but ultimately, like 
I don't know. And like the fact of the matter that Ghislaine Maxwell actually she did have after she was arrested. I think it was four months after she was arrested. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell came out and said in a like pre-trial type thing that she confirmed yes Bill Clinton flew on uh, Jeffrey Epstein's plane all the time and records show that it was I think it was 26 times and that no one's talking about this. No one's talking about it. I know. I want justice for everybody and if if Bill Clinton is recorded to have flown on Jeffrey Epstein's plane 26 times and then Ghislaine Maxwell seconds that and no news article, no Fox, no CNN, I, another nothing. Another thing too, so like, I think there's so many beloved figures that will also be exposed. Right. To where it's like... Burn either, it down. But it's like either like they have the best representation in the entire... Like Obama, right? Because yeah. Obama was like apparently on some of these flights and, no shit. and shit and like I don't know what his involvement was but like people fucking love Obama. That entire family to where it's like you think about the type of representation, legal rep representation he has now, that shit's not going to get leaked. I know, but isn't it fucking... It's, so, it's an injustice to justice itself to suppress factual information. But that's just, that's just life now. It is. And you can drive that's yourself the crazy norm. trying to get them to yeah. leak it, and they won't. They and won't. you just got to go on with life. They won't. Knowing that Bill Clinton probably fucked a 15-year-old on an island. I've several been, times. Yeah, several 26 times. 26 times. And even, like, the maids in that Epstein Filthy Rich documentary on Netflix, the maids came out and said, like, yeah, I saw Bill Clinton mm -hmm. on the island. And then Virginia Guthrie, who's like, he fucked, or that wasn't Bill Clinton, but that was Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew fucked me as a minor. And then he goes on 60 Minutes and they ask him, did you fuck Virginia Guthrie as a minor? And he's like, well, you know, he, he gives the whole runaround. Yeah. How do you hold these people accountable and when the, they're the in such is, powerful positions? Because the thing is, if they were to if they were to be like, this is everything that happened, it would still be up to us to believe too. Like it could it could right. not actually be everything that happened. God, isn't right? that so hard for a prosecutor to come out and say like, we all know that O.J. Simpson killed that lady. Yes. But as a prosecutor, you have to provide enough information to provide re no doubt whatsoever in the jurors' minds right. that this happened, and you have to. And that's another thing. Like, you have I to think do that. These things are coming to light, but not everything's ever going to surface. Yeah, like, I'm with you. Yeah. I so it's. I don't know. Ah, I it's, hate it. I hate it I too. Hate it. I hate it too. I want everyone, I don't care who you are, if you were associated with Jeffrey Epstein in a negative way and harmed minor women R or robbed innocents of people and Yeah. I, I want your test I wanna know what you did and I want you to you know, face the consequences mm -hmm. of your actions. And here's my question to you is do you think if if they don't get justice on earth Let's say, like, you know, Hitler. No one ever brought Hitler to justice. Do you think there's some form of justice in the afterlife? I do. You can't run from justice, I ultimately. I believe in karma. Mm -hmm. I believe in the energies that make up your being. Yeah. Are positive or negative. A mix okay. of both. I believe a person can be good and bad. I believe a person can be bad. I believe a person can be good. Yeah. Right? Clearly. And a, a mix of both, whatever the percentages may be. Those energies exist forever. Mm -hmm. Right? 
And I definitely think those energies transfer dimensions. Yes, transfer dimensions come back and or they never leave. Mm -hmm. I think they reestablish themselves as another thing, whatever it may be. I'm not necessarily like reincarnation, perhaps it is, but well, are you saying that somebody's energy can affect something else in yes. a positive or negative way? Yes. Yeah. Think about if there's a lake and you're a rock and a rock gets dropped from the sky into the middle of the lake. It's that rock that falls into the lake is going to create a ripple effect. And if you are the rock, then your actions have a ripple effect mm -hmm. around everything else. They, around you, you know, yeah. people around you and not it doesn't end up just people, but mm -hmm. other things too. And I think that's I totally think that that's valid. You you can change the world, man, with your positive energy. And but the sad thing is is you make a barista at Starbucks laugh. You know, you may think, oh, I made her laugh, but then that might put her in a good mood, the barista at Starbucks, and then she fucking makes somebody else happy. Yeah, like she makes, she's effect. like, and she's like happy, so she's like, you know what? I'm going to make this coffee the best coffee I've ever made. Yeah. And the person who drives up after you gets that coffee and is like, this is the best coffee I've yeah. ever had in my life. Yeah. Like, you know what? I want to buy the person behind me. I want to buy their coffee for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Like, it's, you're right. It's like a ripple effect, right? Yeah, so you're saying that people's energies can affect other kind of energies. Mm -hmm. But whereas, does it transfer? Whereas, my question to you is, does it transfer dimensions? Because Hitler, yes. Hitler was responsible for the death of so many people. So was Joseph Stalin. Mm -hmm. Wes talked about for some mm -hmm. odd reason. He was miserable being on Earth. Horrible. But take Hitler. He was responsible for the killings of so many people. And he made people feel horrible. And he brought poverty and all these horrible things upon people. And he killed himself. Mm -hmm. There's no way, in my opinion, that Hitler, after he kills himself, does not face justice in the court of law of a higher power. Yes. There's no way. There's no way not. There's no way. Yeah. Or it would be like, then what the fuck is the point of existence? If there's no higher power holding Like, you, you can just be here and you could do whatever the fuck you want to do and that's it. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. And I'm not saying... Because beyond our souls and our lives that we're living here on Earth, there is... There's so much more out there. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And matter is matter. Atoms are atoms. That mm -hmm. shit doesn't ever go away. We no. die, but our atoms and our matter never go away. I love it. Do you yeah. know what, what's the first law of thermodynamics? This might freak you out. The first law of thermodynamics is specific as to pertaining to kind of heat transfer but uh it what it really is is in a broad sense is energy can neither be created nor destroyed mm -hmm. so there right. is this is the first law of thermodynamics uh so we cannot create energy or we can and we can we can do both we can but there is a constant state of energy right and it's how we do it a lot of times now how we get energies through fossil fuels, yeah. oil and gas, or we create the Hoover Dam to create electricity from water falling to, you know, hydroelectricity. But we create these things and utilize them and then expense them out back into the atmosphere and energy can either, you know, there's a constant state. So 
Yeah, I don't know where I was Is going it weird to believe me? Like, when I think about that, I even believe the intentions going into creating those energies can affect them. Can affect them too. Yes, I, I don't think you're wrong because if you if you break down a human body, if you look at your hand on a microscopic level, it's atoms. And well, what's an atom? Well, it's or cells, you know, mm -hmm. let's take cells. Cells. You have cells on your body. Well, what are cells made out of? They're made of atoms. atoms. Well, what's atoms made of? Uh, it's a nucleus, a neutron, a proton, an electron. Well, what's beyond electrons? Well, it's something called quarks. And when you break down a quark, what it really is is just vibrational mm -hmm. energy. And that's why they say razor vibrations, positive mm -hmm. vibrations. Because all a quark is is vibrational energy. So you as a physical subject of matter is just vibrational energy. But the difference between you and this coffee table, what you'll have in similar is y'all are both vibrational energy. But you have this consciousness that, it, that transcends what the coffee table can do. The coffee that table is really know. sad that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's, uh, it's weird, man. It is. It's super weird. It's just, I don't know. There's so much more out there than we can even fathom. And So to think you know it all is such a fallacy doesn't even scratch the surface yeah what our brains right now could ever think right but do you think there's reason for our limited knowledge of of this world do you know what i think i think that how do i word this um sometimes i feel like it's maybe to protect us mm-hmm Oh, and sometimes I think, wow, I like that. And sometimes I think it's like we wouldn't appreciate it. Wow, right? Or we're not ready to. We're appreciate not ready it. to appreciate it. Like we'll Holy just write shit. it off. Like oh, whatever, another wow. conspiracy, right? Like wow, I think it's those energies even maybe protecting themselves from wow. us. Wow, yeah. Holy shit. What was the first thing you said again? I can't, I can't, my, my brain sucks. But the first thing you said, I like both of the things you said, but that first reason, I was like, what the hell? That was good. It, it protects it. us from, you know, yeah. not knowing what we're not ready to know yet right. or something like that. Yeah. There's a reason, you know, there's senses, you know, and humans have five the of balance them. Balance again, too. Right? Balance. It's Everything's like, in balance. If we knew everything, or if we had the ability to know everything, where's the balance? If we have the ability to know everything, at, at that moment, are we God? Yeah. Are we God? Are we God? Yeah. Did we create the earth? <laughs> no, but I know who did. Homeboy God did. Homeboy God? No. But you know here's a like? question I have for God. Here's a question. When I die, that's why I float up, go meet God, like, what's up, man? Hit some Whataburger out, you know, up in heaven if they have that. Fingers crossed, so. or Chick-fil-A, yeah. something, something like that. Good. That'd be nice. Something that's like... Like a Chipotle would be nice, doesn't too. Doesn't give me the Hershey squirts. <laughs> <laughs> like, no Taco Bells? Yeah, no Taco Bells. Okay, I oh, got wow. you there. I mean, if that's your jam. Yeah. You well, what, what about a Taco Bell that, like, doesn't have you gain weight, or a Taco Bell that doesn't make you feel like shit Yeah, afterwards? like, you literally aren't on the toilet for an hour. Yeah. Yeah, any... Yeah, whatever. But as my, long as that's not, <laughs> as long as that's not a thing. My okay. question would be, if like Genesis in the Bible states that God loved the world so much that He created, 
Well, he, God loves you so much that he created the world. My question's like, okay, well, why the fuck were there dinosaurs? Why was there a Tyrannosaurus Rex for millions of years before I was here? Don't and my know. mom and I joke, and she'll be like, oh, it's because we needed oil, duh. You know, like, right? that boy. He was perfecting his craft. He was yeah. like, let me, let me, this is my first pass. Right? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Are these the beings I want to create? Yeah. Like, but they I were savages. Like, there was no, like, you know, when you're a dinosaur on Earth, and we have scientific evidence that dinosaurs existed, there was no, like, Let's all love each other. It was like, I'm hungry and I'm going to go eat another mm-hmm. dinosaur. And that's what they did every day. And they were savages. They're and savages. they really supposedly existed. Why do we not talk about that enough? Like, I don't know. I remember being like, dinosaurs upset. existed. Like, maybe it was just like, as kids, you, know, you get obsessed with them. Oh, what I'm the like, fuck? But it's just, to me, it's like, it's just mind blowing to know that now in 2021, People are making billions and trillions of dollars because of dinosaurs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're extracting the minerals dinosaurs left and using yes. them as energy as to energy. heat our homes. To heat our homes. Yeah. To... When you turn your stove on and let's say you have a natural gas a gas stove, that's leftovers from the fucking dinosaurs that we fracked out of the earth and put in your house so you can heat up a pot of water to make a cup of tea what the fuck man there's no denying that right that's 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 just facts that's life that's how the oil and gas industry works full circle type of shit right there right that diaper you put on your baby is made from plastic Mm -hmm. which is made from a barrel of oil which is made from the leftovers of dinosaurs Mm -hmm. That's so weird. That's so weird. We took dead dinosaurs, we got oil out of it, and the world runs on oil. I wonder, like, since so many humans die all the time, if, like, what we leave behind... I'm sure. ...will eventually be the new fossil fuel. Ooh. Because, I mean, a lot of people get buried in the ground. A lot of people get, like, cremated now, but... Yeah. Is it? It's just, like... (laughs) It's just weird to think, though, right? If you like, cremated, then would you not? You wouldn't have oil. Like, you wouldn't have any. Decomposition is a very funny subject. It is. Because, like, think about this. You can make plastic from oil. That's how we do it now. We take a barrel of oil and we create, oh. we create diapers out of that oil. It's a, it's a feedstock of a oil we make plastic from it and then we slap it on our baby's butt so mm-hmm. they can shit in diaper mm-hmm. we can also make plastic from the hemp plant what marijuana grows on or we could never make plastic again if we didn't want to well the good thing about hemp plastic is is decomposition like i was saying is a funny subject because when something decomposes sure it decomposes but what does it decompose into what is the chemical molecular structure of what it decomposes into and a Ziploc bag, you use it, eat it, take your sandwich out, throw it in the trash, right? Mm-hmm. That goes to a landfill. Mm-hmm. And then Sits what there. they found out is a lot of carbon uh, emissions, uh, yeah, they come from landfills because it's all plastic and that plastic is decomposing and that plastic was made from a barrel of oil. Mm-hmm. So it's, 
emitting carbon into our atmosphere because that's what it's made from, as it yeah. practically should. Naturally, But, w- but yeah. when you take hemp plastic and hemp de- plastic decomposes, it's, it's a plant. So it decomposes back into the soil, into the ground, and there's no carbon emissions mm-hmm. from it. Yet, no one talks about hemp plastic, and it's a very quality pra- plastic, high quality. Is it like expensive to manufacture though could be yeah, and then that's probably why and then the amount of plastic we use right now from oil how many hemp plants would we need to grow to meet our current plastic demands that's a question because what if it was and like okay we would need the entire south america to be filled with hemp, hemp plants, plants right which then is not there's gonna practical. be marijuana everywhere yeah and point. it's like there's so many people making money off our current ways that it's like there's no they way. don't want it to change. Yeah. Well, I think they're a lot more receptive to That's it. That's because, like, you think about, I mean, the biggest argument when it comes to sustainability, it's not about the individual and the decisions that you make and what you buy at the grocery store. It's about the corporations actually producing those products. Exactly. Right? And it's, that's, like, that's the biggest argument. But at the same time, people are making millions of dollars off of that. And they're able to mass produce sell it at a cheaper price to where people who make low incomes can afford to buy it. Whereas if we put out a sustainable option, mm-hmm. it's harder to produce and mm-hmm. it stays on the shelf longer because not as many people are able to purchase it. And because it might be more expensive to manufacture it that way that it's like, oh, it and it still uses a lot of resources, right? It does. It still uses a lot of water. Yeah, water. It still uses it's a the lot most of valuable yeah. resource, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's like, what is actual true sustainability these days? It is. Uh, I think true sustainability is like what has the least amount of environmental impact as possible. Mm. True think. sustainability to me is reuse the shit we already fucking have. Reuse the shit we already have. Yeah. Go to the thrift store. Like, don't make a demand for something. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be manufactured anymore. That to me is. But we'll always need manufacturing because we always need things. We do not need Ziploc bags. We do not need Ziploc baggies. We do not need Ziploc bags. We do not need plastic water bottles. We don't need straws. We don't need fucking straws. Yeah. That was something at first I was like, what that the gives fuck? babies We're fucking books teeth, and then they need braces. It's all a game. Well, I was thinking at first with the straws. I was like, no, I I want my fucking straw. California's crazy, and the more I think about it, I'm like, do I really need a fucking straws straw? Straws are unnatural. Like what the fuck? Yeah, it is unnatural. Yeah. Uh, but one of I will say a company I work with who's. Who I got lunch with, the head of engineering at this company the other day. It was honestly such an honor, in my opinion, to get lunch with this guy. Because I love what he does. And he's no fucking high up guy with notoriety. But I just respect the shit out of this guy. And it was my first time ever meeting him. But That's cool. He is the engineering director for a large company. And they make plants. Plants that manufacture things. And they have one plant in Oregon. And... They are taking woody biomass, which is essentially wood uh, and compost and all this kind of earthly biomass. They take it, they heat it to a temperature of 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit, and they're able to then create jet fuel out of it. 
It's insane. It's insane. And they sell that jet fuel to people like Southwest and United. And it is a quality jet fuel that they make from trees. Now, typically, uh, we make jet fuel from a barrel of oil mm -hmm. that we get. That's the original way we go about it. But there, there is still, we live in a carbon world. There are still carbon emissions from this woody biofuel. Mm -hmm. A lot of matter in this world, like plants and other things, have carbon structures and carbon yeah. molecules in them. We live in a carbon world, so when you take carbon things and use their expenditure, you will put carbon into the atmosphere. Exactly. But it is exponentially less than, a, than oil, what that does. And that, to me, is sustainable because the leftovers from dinosaurs that gave us oil, that's gonna run out. But we right. can always plant trees and woody biomass and they're literally making jet fuel from this and it's a plant in Oregon. And that's insane. I can send you the link afterwards. Yes, but like that, but that, I, got, I got lunch with the head of engineering there crazy. the other day and I was just like such a fanboy. I was like, oh my God, so how do you do it? You do this and then that turns into that. Chemistry is so cool. It's insane and it's, to me, I'm like, I just wish we could have more of that. I wish we could have more. Maybe knowledge about that. Knowledge that's about not, it. That's not marketed. It's not marketed. It's not marketed. It's not supported. It's not. Mm -hmm. People write it off. But that goes to say, like I was talking about earlier, the first law of thermodynamics is energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Right. It only transforms you know the way yeah you know so or burns holes in our ozone layer yeah yeah or burns holes so because it's still we, existing it's just going somewhere because it can't it's going stay somewhere here anymore. there's yes. so much of it like when you throw a ziploc bag in a trash can it does not end there it goes to a landfill then what happens to the ziploc bag well they could put it in landfill or they might burn it off well you burn a ziploc bag it's made from crude oil mm -hmm. hydrocarbons so then you're Fucking emitting CO2 from your fucking one-time use plastic Ziploc bag to carry mm -hmm. a sandwich. And guess what? I fucking love Ziploc bags. They're but convenient. They're convenient. But they're... is it the best way to go about sustainability of the earth? Because I love Mother Nature too. But that is the thing about <laughs> consumerism too, is that they try to put the blame on you. They try to put the blame on you and make you feel guilty for using plastic bags when there's corporations creating these things and they know that. Yeah. It's a mindfuck. It's a game. And there's lobbyists out it's there. It's lobbyists and it's people making... Because there's so much money to be made from it. Right. Like, it's never going to stop. It's right. never going to end. Unless a company like... I don't know who... Like Ziploc's part of a bigger company. I don't know. <laughs> but like unless that company's like, you know what? What we're doing is fucked up. Uh-huh. And we want to be more transparent. We want to change the way yeah. we create things. You know what? We're selling our company to... I forget what that brand is that makes reusable plastic bags oh i don't know i forgot it's like they sell it at heb and whole foods but like if they merged or something right mm -hmm. and they could still be profitable uh, profitable right but profitable with made up money yes weird but is it i mean what i what i hate about this like they, they put the blame on the consumer which is us yeah, like because like they try to make us feel you're guilty. You're buying Ziploc bags, so you're yes. perpetuating these companies. Yes. Bitch, they're gonna pump it out no matter what. No matter what, and you know what? Yeah. People who make twenty k a year, if so, 
that's what they can afford and that's what they could pack their kids' lunches right, with. Right, exactly. That's what they're going to do. If we had a better middle class, they might have other options to make. Yeah. You know what? I'll spend $2 more to get the to get the bag that says, mm-hmm. you know, we're made this this plastic bag is made from hemp plastic and it doesn't have any carbon emissions mm-hmm. because it's made from a plant. And frankly, it's education too, yeah. right? It's like we don't learn about this. Yeah. We learn about it from I mean, there was a time like probably 2 years ago where I was like Fuck, like I watched so much YouTube videos, so many YouTube videos about sustainability to where I was like, I got, and this is, this is, this is bad on my end because I thought what I was supposed to be doing was getting rid of everything that wasn't sustainable. Whereas like, I already purchased plastic. Why the fuck would I just throw it out? Or why would I give it away? Like I have it already. I purchased it. Yeah. It's mine. It's been produced already. It's out in the world already. Mm -hmm. Use it. Use it. It's there. Pack your little pretzels in there. Take them to work. Eat them. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Take that plastic bag back home. It's, it's not. It's just pack some more some, pretzels for the next day. Some leftover sea yeah. salt in there. And like, it's like relax. and it's but it's like I got to a point where I was like, oh, I need to get rid of everything that is plastic, or I need to get rid of everything that is um, not made of. Yeah. You know, plant-based materials yeah, or something. Yeah, not bamboo. Whereas, like, the whole bamboo industry has a whole other story, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, that's not the way we should be thinking. That's not the way. But I think we're all on the same page of we all we all love nature. We all do. What's but left of it? How do we go about, you know, having the least impact on nature and... The naivety, me working a lot with oil and gas customers, the naivety from my friends on the right and my friends on the left is just, it does irritate me how simple they can make it. Like, fuck oil and gas. Yeah. Really? Like, okay, don't drive your car. Yeah. And your steering wheel's made from, it's plastic. Every it's made fucking from oil thing. too. Yeah. Everything. Everything. And I get it. Fuck oil and gas in the sense of we need to change the way we create energy yeah. and we use it and we we need but if we just focus on well you know we we need elect electric cars like if we all focus on tesla right you still have to mine for the lithium that goes into the batteries yeah. and you won't see that in america because it's done in third world countries like brazil and all that but that still it'll get rid of like our dependence on gasoline which is mm-hmm. an oil derivative but it doesn't get rid of plastic. We you still need think, plastic. Like, and like the carbon footprint for every single thing, like you mentioned, it's like There's a carbon Elon f- Musk. Yeah. How many how many flights does he take a year? Oh, a ton. What are we gonna do about flying? You know, well jet fuel with that company yeah, I said who company. I worked with, you know, they get that what? woody biomass and create jet fuel. It's like But right now, I'll tell you this, to be honest, it's an expensive process compared to how we go about oil mm-hmm. it's more expensive and it takes a lot of a lot of product to get a little jet fuel yeah but it's a, start. Now, it's a start right because i feel start. like i mean that is how it was with oil and gas right yeah i'm sure it's like someone broke ground and fucking black shit came squirting out of it <laughs> and they're like what do we do with this yeah. right and yeah. it's like they didn't know at the well, time we learned how to optimize we knew it. how to optimize it we learned how to use it to um, its maximum efficiently yeah efficiently drill and yeah and it's a problem with america dude we we all want chicken nuggets but no one wants the liver of the deer or yeah. all these other parts. Like, dude, that Native Americans were they do they kill an animal? Everything Every single goes 
to use. Peace is, yeah, yeah. exactly. And now I'm like, uh, eight count at Chick-fil-A, just give me some nuggets and a barbecue sauce. No dark meat. Yeah, no dark Chicken breast only. <laughs> yeah. We are fucking babies, man. Fucking but spoiled as brats. Spoiled babies, man. But I love us, and I think we have good intentions at the same time. But I think I think a problem with being born in America is a naivety that you don't know until you leave America. Mm-hmm. Like when I went to Mexico City twice last year, you see some fucking shit, man. You're like, damn. Like, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's very it's, it's very eye opening. It's so different. Yeah, I mean, it's and that's just Mexico City. That's and, not. I mean, it's. Imagine We're if connected I went to, to Myanmar. It, you know? Yeah. What if I went to fucking the, the slums of Thailand? And that what that's something that blows my mind too. It's like I know we're thousands of miles away from some of these places, but like, how can it be so different? There's people in the Amazon rainforest right now who have never made contact with the outside world, who have no idea that other people even exist. Right. Got. Fuck a cell phone. Yeah, fucking people want to go travel there and <laughs> yeah. save them. Fuck like, a TV. Pieces. They're yeah. like, I'm trying not to get eaten by the jaguar. Yeah. And these people oh my exist. God. What if right they're still saber tooth tigers here? <laughs> Dude, saber tooths were like, they were like Rocky Mountain territory. Those were the best. They were. They were savages. Why did they go extinct? Who knows? Boom. I hate that I keep myself up at night thinking I'm ever going to fucking know anything because I never will until I die. Hopefully. Hopefully at that point I'll know something. I think uh, I think there's a way to know things that will happen to you post-death uh, without having to die. <laughs> drugs. Drugs. <laughs> That's why drugs are so taboo, because nobody wants us to know that shit. Yeah. I think specifically ayahuasca. Yeah. I, I am, you know me. I know. I know. I like, I'm a, I truly think that is a, that is a genuine way to view the afterlife for a little bit. Because the place I went to 20 minutes after I drank ayahuasca I recognized it. I was like, oh, I know this place. I mean, I was in another dimension. I was gone. But when I got to that other dimension, I was like, oh, I know this place. This is the epicenter of existence. I've been here. I'm from here. I've always been a part of this. And it's inside of me. It's a part of me, yeah. 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 And I was like, everything that exists in the world and dies comes through this place and I was looking at it and I remembered it I was like oh yeah duh I'm from here mm-hmm. and I'm on earth being a human for now but I'll come back why like this is a, a serious question that I wonder because like I remember like when we even when we were at um Torchies, right and uh-huh. Becca and her friend were talking about how they did ayahuasca yeah yeah and like I don't know I feel like Theirs was different? Theirs was different, right? Yeah. Is it like the mindset you go into it with? Is it no. what you want to believe you? I, I always love telling people this because ayahuasca, when you hear it, it's ayahuasca, right? Well, alcohol is alcohol, right? Well, you know there's alcohol and Bud Light, and you know there's alcohol and vodka, okay? 
Well, if you drink the same amount of Bud Light and vodka, you're going to have a more alcoholic experience mm -hmm. with the vodka mm -hmm. because it's a higher concentration of alcohol. There's two parts of ayahuasca. There is the Bonostropius coffee. I think I said that right, <laughs> which is which is the vine of ayahuasca. They call it the vine of death or the vine of the soul. And then there are the chacruna leaves. And the leaves are what contain the DMT. And you have to boil it with the Bonostropius coffee vine because that is an inhibitor. So if you just made a tea with just the chacruna leaves that, may, that have the DMT, your digestive system and your body has an enzyme in there that doesn't allow the DMT to, to be active. Mm -hmm, absorb but when you boil it with the Bonostropius coffee vine, it, it has an enzyme inhibitor or an MAOP inhibitor that lets the DMT be digested and, t and become active. So that's, but to my point is if I There's put, a right way to do it. If I put a handful of chacruna leaves in a big pot of water, it's not, it's not going to contain a lot of DMT. Yeah. If I put a wheelbarrow full of a tiny pot of water of chacruna leaves and boil it together, that's going to be incredibly potent DMT. Mm -hmm. So, because I've wondered that too after my ayahuasca experience, I was like, why didn't people go as deep as I did? And I realize it's because, you know, there's a difference of alcohol content with Bud Light and vodka. It's mm -hmm. the same with ayahuasca. It's how, how, much, how many chacruna leaves you put in there. Because I've noticed in some ayahuasca documentaries, it's like they don't have an out-of-body experience until their, like, fourth time they do yeah. ayahuasca. Where with me, it was I had an incredibly potent dose. And I asked for confirmation afterwards. And I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. this was super, super deep stuff. I mean, the, the person I, I work that's with... That's so cool to like think about. The person I know. work with, uh, I'll say this and I'll, let's talk, but she, uh, who hosts these, mm -hmm. she traveled to India with Deepak Chopra and his family. And she knows him personally. And she took a meditation class, you know, with him. And any spiritual documentary you see on Netflix is gonna have Deepak Chopra in it. Mm -hmm. He's a very spiritual guy. So she's personal but friends damn, with that's him. That's insane. And, and uh, she knows what the fuck she's doing, man. And and yeah, because like that guy who, you know, Becca was with, I was like, uh, yeah. he was talking about his ayahuasca journey, talking about, and I was walking around doing this. I was like, dude, I, yeah. I literally what, thought I died. I couldn't get up. Yeah. One lady shit herself three times right next to me. And that's, I mean, I mean, I took their <laughs> shit with like, obviously like a grain of salt, but I was like, hmm, this, uh, it just made me think, made me curious. Yeah. yeah. 12 ounces of Bud Light and 12 ounces of vodka. Of vodka. It's both alcohol, but it's I'll a take the concentration. <laughs> you would. It's uh, totally off topic, but not because we're just talking about Becca, but like, is she back with Loic? Because I feel like I saw Loic in her Instagram stories. What? Really? Like, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure that's Loic. No shit. Yeah. Like, they went golfing together. And what? They at, and they were at an airport together. No. I'm pretty sure. Like, it was never, like, a straight-on picture of Loic. But I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Loic. Damn, Becca! I'm pretty sure that's Loic. No way. Well, you know what? They just can't get enough of each other. You know, deep down, like, they, 
It's a roller coaster ride it with is. them, man. It is. They it go is. their own separate ways, and they only just kind of come back to each other. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Is that like healthy? I don't know. But I guess if it works for I them, don't know. it works for them, right? Like, ah, that's so hard to diagnose. Yeah. Is that healthy? I don't know. I mean, because health, it, that's different to everybody. Yeah, it's different to everybody, right? Like, I think the easy thing to say would be, oh, it's not healthy. But who fucking knows, man? Yeah. But I hope that helped you explain. No, it did, because I've always been curious about that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's not talked about enough. Everyone's just like, oh, I did ayahuasca. Like mm -hmm. someone could say, oh, I did I did mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Okay, did you take one gram, mm -hmm. and then somebody else takes six grams? You're gonna have vastly different experiences. Exactly. But you both took mushrooms, so that's the concept behind it. And it was a little. It's weird because our stuff, our ayahuasca is actually brewed by. Uh, I think it's the Shipibo tribe in the Amazon rainforest, but it could be a different tribe. But it's actually brewed by them, and then it's flown to Cincinnati, and then flown here, or, or driven, or just something, I don't know how, but... It's legal, it, I mean, because it, it's legal, right? Uh, well, the ayahuasca brew is not. It's not legal? Yeah, so I don't know how it gets here, but there's some sort of logistics that gets it here. Uh, <laughs> well, that's shit we don't have to know. Don't have as to long know, as it's man. here. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's, and I think they know, like, there's some logic behind it of, because we're taking this from Peru and bringing it to America, we may as well make it super strong, so they, exactly, so they, you know, because it ha has such a journey and such a risk of getting compromised mm -hmm. that let's make it strong make regardless. It strong. Yeah. That's dope. I mean, it was a life-altering experience but the weird thing about ayahuasca to me was it made me less christian but more spiritual spiritual but i was a it made me less into christianity but it strengthened my relationship with god christianity i mean yeah that's that's a whole other podcast yeah i was uh i was like a run-of-the-mill christian before ayahuasca, and I was like, yeah, Jesus and then God, you know, that's the son. Mm -hmm. But after ayahuasca, I was became more skeptical of Christianity, but strengthened my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I became more, like, religious or spiritual, you could say, after ayahuasca, the less I believe in Christianity. It's the experience that you're feeling, right? Because there's no denying the experience that you feel. Whereas, like, Christianity is all based on a perspective what somebody thought and wrote in a book. Yeah, and, and Jesus, how it got Jesus translated didn't write that and book. It translated and interpreted exactly. by so many different people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't even think it was written in Latin. I think it was written in a language before mm -hmm. Latin, and then it translated. I mean, you ever played. Uh, the telephone game where someone says something and then that's exactly that's exactly what the Bible is. It is. It is. Yeah, it went from a language before Latin to Latin, and then it went to Spanish, and then it went to King James, and then it went to the New Test, the mm -hmm. New King James version, or whatever. And we're playing a game of fucking telephone about a book that wasn't even written by Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then like you're a hungover Sunday school teacher is the one trying to tell you about it, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah like that shit. <laughs> yeah. 
It's just, it's who, just a mess. Who, does she actually believe this shit or was she just fear-mongered into believing this yeah, shit? Like fear-mongered me. because if, if she doesn't believe it, then she's going to burn in hell forever. You know? Like, I was fear-mongered like that. So, so was I. If, if I don't believe church, in yeah. Jesus, or, or if I sin, or if I masturbate, then I'm going to burn in hell for eternity? Mm-hmm. I don't think the person, the higher consciousness, the higher entity, or God, whatever, who created this earth is like, you know what? I'm going to make them want to masturbate, mm-hmm. and if they do, burn them. Right. There's no fucking will. way he said that. Free will, you better. There's you be- no way. Actually, you don't have free will because you think you have free will, but you actually need to act, do this, right? Right. No, like, there's no way. I think God wants us to be good people and do good things and spread positive vibrations. Yeah. But I think it's a fallacy to be like, if if a fucking woman puts her vagina on top of another woman's vagina, then, ah. Burn in hell. Burn in hell. Yeah. God doesn't want that. Fucking... Humans fearmonger each other into that. Religion, man. It's, it's just, crazy. It's insane. Yeah. All right, it's man. so corrupt, too. It's corrupt. It's so corrupt. Yeah, a fucking Catholic priest yes. telling me. Now, I will say a crazy stat per capita, I think. It's like more teachers, female teachers, fuck adolescent boys than Catholic priests fuck up. <laughs> the fact that there's even statistics <laughs> yeah. to show that. Yeah. Yikes, man. Well, I'm sure they count the cases. And, I guess. But it's actually fact statistically correct that, yeah. Female teachers fuck more adolescent boys I just than Catholic like, priests fuck boys. Maybe because I went to church at a predominantly wealthy, white, demographic, yeah. congregational type church. Mm-hmm. That there was almost like a... A savior complex that these old white men had mm-hmm. like they thought they were supposed to be saving people like they thought they were God because mm. that's like what they okay maybe no one's ever tested them before or no it was almost more like power mm. like they wanted power yeah, like they wanted... Like they wanted to be deacons because they wanted to be like... They wanted the charge, reception the of reception. positivity from and the people in the like, audience. Yes. And it, it was... I mean, that's just one tiny aspect of it. I was always just kind of like, man, like this is... I get it. I get why you would think that because, you know, if someone gets a little taste of power, it's hard to let that go. Yeah. Because I, I like think about it, I'm like the people, and again, this I'm only speaking from perspective that I have because it's one church I went to my whole life. It was like people who, like men who got off on controlling other people. Mm-hmm. They controlled their wives at home because that's the shit that came like to uh, bubble to the surface sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. They were super passionate about like leading Bible studies and making people believe this perspective of the Bible that this is my, this, this is the way I'm perceiving this. So this is the way I'm going to teach it. Right. Right. But, and it was just, but they're closed minded to any other, any ideology. other, anything else. Yeah. Anything like else. Like if you go, right? Hey man, why, why did, if God loved the, if God loved us so much and created the world, like why did he create mm-hmm. fucking alligators that want to eat us? I remember one time you can't at, ask at my that. church, I remember one time at my church, we we're talking about, I think like 
same sex and how it was such a sin. Yeah. And those people, even if they believe in God, if they're committing that sin, they're going to hell. And I remember being like, because we were talking about mission trips like the week before, and I was like, what about these kids who are in these countries that have never heard about Jesus before? Like Who have never been able to accept God into their hearts and be saved. They've never had the opportunity. They've never had the opportunity. Yeah. No, I've heard the argument of they weren't given the opportunity on earth, but when they die and they're rising up to heaven, they could say, do you accept Jesus? Like Jesus could confront them and say, I'm the way to heaven. Like an Instagram poll? Do, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe me? Yeah. But it's hard to believe somebody you only met. Yeah. Well, I can't speak about the afterlife because anything can fucking happen, mm -hmm. you know? But, uh, yeah, like, I do see that argument of, well, if they weren't given the opportunity on earth, they'll be given it. Yeah. Because there was always so much pressure to be like, if you're feeling the spirit of Jesus right now and you want to accept God into your heart, come to the front of the stage and right. we'll make sure you're a Christian. But how much of that was... I'm like, really feeling the power of Jesus versus I'm intimidated, intimidated. to do it and I'm going to it's do it. It's such like fear mongling too. Like, right. It's insane. If you don't do it, do you not care about Jesus? Right. And that's why there's like all these studies. Like I got really deep into this at one point because I just had such a weird experience with church and religion growing up that there's literally been studies shown that kids who grow up in church, churches like that mm -hmm. have such higher risk of mental health issues now i can name somebody you know i'm not gonna do it who just do it. no i mean it's just uh it's a little ah ah mm. maybe you might know what i said there yeah i don't know if i did brain's not working fully these days it's an a and it's an a first mm -hmm. and last alice not for nappy oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. born up born in the church i mean i doubt fucking <laughs> if i actually do put this on a platform but uh, she was born and raised in the church and I've seen her recent Instagram post. She's, she seems like I could be, I can mm -hmm. stay corrected, but she seems like she's struggling. And I mean, when you put on your Instagram story about like, I'm going to see a therapist and talking about these hard times, I kind of correlate that to, oh shit, you're struggling. Yeah. And like something's just, going on. Yeah. Right? yeah and I think the problem happening. is, is that. She's been confined within the church. Her mind has been confined within the church walls for so long that she's starting. She's now starting to realize that the world is bigger than the church. So much bigger. And she can't handle it. And, and it's like, I mean, religion is. I mean, everyone says this, but like, religion is man-made. Like man-made. The, the the. Jesus was uh, Jewish. I have so many man. thoughts around this. And um, Jesus was Jewish, and he didn't write the Bible. <laughs> and. You know? He fucking prayed outside. He wasn't confined to these walls right. that we call churches now, right? Right. And Jesus hung out with a lot of bad people. Bad, bad dudes. Bad people. As, like, as Biden would right. say, bunch of bad dudes. Bunch of bad dudes. <laughs> and it's just, Sinners and... Yeah, you know, he, he yes. spent time with him. He, yeah, and that's what churches sometimes, especially these white motherfuckers in these woodland suburbs... Yeah. Speaking as a white guy from Tomball, which is not a woodland suburb, but close, I'm a white guy. Close, pretty close. Well, that's way Spring. different. Methamphetamine versus uh, fucking my life's perfect. I lie. <laughs> but 
you look at these people and it almost just seems like it's very boxy and you got to be a specific type of person to come in and and all that where I think Jesus was very open-minded and I accept all types of people and I love these people and I'm here to help them I don't want to fit a stereotype to join a church I want to be me and I want to have the church work around me because I am who I am mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna fucking change me to fit your church narrative that I don't know that's just so much I feel like that is like the priority right it's like we want to make these people a certain way of like a church's priority yes. would say that yeah and because I, like this i don't know there's always an agenda yeah i think there's churches out there who don't have agendas but yeah. i think a lot of churches have agendas and uh i think a lot of churches also too are like very open-minded and willing to let people in but maybe our minds just automatically gravitate towards well i'm not like them so i won't fit in and you never try I'd rather see you try. Yeah. But I don't think my old church would was accepting of many. Yeah. It's always weird when somebody blames the organization, the church, without blaming the people. Mm -hmm. Like people will get mad at Subway yeah. for something Mike did. You know? That's true. Like that's Mike. That's not Subway. You know? And so I believe in Jesus. I do. I believe in God. But I think what Christianity has done is skewed who Jesus was mm -hmm. to fit their narrative. Mm -hmm. I really do think that Jesus had some sort of connection to God. And I think Jesus was absolutely a real person on earth. Me There's too. so many stories written about yeah. him. There's no fucking way he's not real. I believe that. And too. I think he was a spiritual guy who had some sort of connection to God. And possibly Muhammad too. Possibly mm -hmm. him too. I'm open to that idea. And... Possibly, you know, the Hindu gods and Buddha, too. Maybe so. But I think what Christianity has done to Jesus is skew what a Jewish man stood for, wrote a book called the Bible about him, left some stories out of it that they didn't mm -hmm. put in the Bible. That would be I wrote it funny. the way they wanted to write it, right? Yeah, and then we translated it 13 languages later oh my to God, English. So many different times, so many different versions. And and we're getting a really skewed perspective of who Jesus was. I think Jesus was a very loving person of Same. all people, but we just portray him in, in the wrong light. Sometimes I'm like, I, sometimes I miss church. Like I miss fellowship and I miss like... I miss it worship yeah sometimes right but is it hard for you to go back when some people who are still in the church haven't gotten out of the church it's hard for me to go back knowing how imperfect i am and how perfect some people try to 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 show that they are boom roasted you know what i mean i know what you mean and it's like i everyone has their own struggles everyone deals with their own shit like everyone Everyone's imperfect, right? Mm -hmm. There's no perfect person. And I hate going to church where everything is so perfect perfect, and bubbly and positive. Because that's not life all the time. It's not. So you think church, because if you say yes, I'll agree with you. You think church should be a place where you go and you're like, 
I'm a fucked up individual. Yes. Let me lay down my transgressions. I need to yes. talk to somebody. I need help. I think church should be, you know what? There's a homeless addict sitting next to me and a stripper sitting next to me. Right. And we both And want- it's welcomed and it's encouraged and it's and we, embraced. Yeah. Embraced. And we, we're just trying our best. Yeah. We're trying our best. Instead of like going to church and everybody acting like, oh, yeah. I'm married with two kids and I love coffee and I have a live, laugh, love poster yeah, and we have great jobs love. and everything's great, but yeah. deep and down. I fuck my neighbor yeah, when my husband exactly. goes to work. Yeah. I but, fuck my neighbor. Or my wife leaves and I yeah. watch porn and masturbate. Yeah. I'm not going to tell anybody, I'm though. Tell anybody. Right. Yeah. We're fucked up people, man. We're all man. fucked up people. And that's okay. Normalize it. I think Let's church... Yeah, that's it. a really good point you're bringing up. Because I yeah. think church has gotten to that point where it just normalizes, like, behavior where we're acting like everything's good. But deep down, it's not. it's not. I need the church to be more aggressive and being like... Yeah, you're sinning somehow, right? Yep. We're all fucked we're up. All fucked up. What are you doing? I'm watching porn. Yeah. Well, you know, if you just come to church and take a photo with your family and drink iced coffee, no one's gonna know. Exactly. But this and isn't the place to act like that. This is the place to lay down your transgressions and fucking improve, man. Right. You know. Right. And church has kind of modern churches. You just get there and it's. We're going to sing three songs, and then someone's going to come talk, and it's the Young Youth Guitar Band, mm. and it's great. No, I need a place. That's why people, I think, are kind of leaning more towards therapy than mm-hmm. church now, because therapy is not a place therapy where... Therapy is church now. You're right. Therapy is a place where it's like, I'm fucked up. Help me. Mm-hmm. Where church is like, I'm going to act like I'm a perfect person, right? and let's take a photo. Or they put the blame back on you, right? It's like therapy, they don't put the blame back on you. They put the the blame back on the societal construct society and it's not your fault. external factors yeah like it's not all your fault right? yeah it's i don't know but i see a little bit of both in that yeah. context i see like external societal factors i can't get a better job because no one will hire me well there's nothing you can do about that yeah that's a societal factor yeah if you suck you suck but i also see the fact <laughs> i also see the fact of well, you need to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. And it's not completely one it takes or the work, other. Right? It's a balancing act. Yeah. It's like, you know, we can't just like prescribe you these pills and everything is going to be better. Like, do you want to be better? Right. Too, right? Yeah. It's a struggle. It's a journey. Yeah. It's possible. That's a problem I have with like modern prescription, prescription medicine. Give me an antidepressant. Yeah. Okay, I feel great for five hours, and then I need to take one, another one. I'm addicted to it now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, why it's Why scary. are we just masking the problem instead of fixing the problem? Because that's a business as well. Yeah. It is. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Profits, money, Profits, man. Profits, man. This all ties back to you saying money is not the root of all evil, but intentions are, and money's the biggest player in yeah. it. All right, well, you got any like last words you want to say to the audience of nobody who's going to listen to this? Um, any, <laughs> any last words? My last words would be, be a good fucking person. And normalize bad days. Yeah, that's good. And one last question I'd have for you is, like, what is what's the meaning of all this what's the meaning of life and existence what's the what's the purpose of life to experience things to To feel good to experience and feel good to to me lately 
since I've been meditating more, I've been journaling more. I've always struggled with that question and trying to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Like, why the fuck are we here? What's the point of all this? Everybody has a different answer, yeah. Right? And I'm like, I think, to be completely transparent, probably the last, like, six months, I've had a hard time. Mm -hmm. Like, mentally, Mm -hmm. not spiritually, just more mentally than anything. Mm -hmm. I, I feel exhausted. I feel like... I don't have a purpose. Mm-hmm. I feel like I do a lot of value add for my work and I don't get like a lot of value back from mm-hmm. and satisfaction from some of the things that I do, some of the relationships that I have with people. Yeah. Um, so it really made me think, I'm like, what the fuck is the point of all mm-hmm. this? Like, and so from that, like, because I started meditating more, because I, I'm trying to take care of myself a little bit more and trying to like recognize the fact that you know what we're gonna have bad days there's not we're not i'm not gonna wake up every single day and be like today is gonna be the best fucking day in the entire world because it's not there's it's gonna not, be no. there's gonna be other people's energies that impact me there's ups gonna and be downs. ups and downs right and that's life you write so it to me you don't fight it <laughs> what i think the meaning of life is is being able to accept that being able to recognize your energies, being able to know that you are more than just the moment, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you are more than just getting a bad review on the presentation you just gave. You are more like your your spirit, your being has so much more value than. Mm-hmm. Any of these fucking constructs that mm-hmm. we've been made to believe that we have created are higher priority than us as human beings, mm-hmm. fundamentally human beings, yeah. right? Spiritual human beings. So, yeah. like to me, the meaning of life, why we're here, what this all means is like exist, to be, to be, right? Yeah, to experience, moment, to experience. I get so hung up sometimes. Like I don't take criticism well. Like I. I feel like I fuck up. When I fuck up, like all I think about is how I fucked up, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, grow, like grow. But it's something I'm working on, right? Mm-hmm. Some things like, like again, like everyone has their struggles and the things that they have to deal with. And it's like, I think acknowledging that that's different for everybody too mm-hmm. is growth, right? And it's like, my struggles aren't the same as anybody else's struggles. And just because I'm struggling today, you might be having a really good day, but my just because I'm having a really good day, you could be having a really bad day. Mm-hmm. And being able to meet people where they're at, right? And being in a bad day and then getting on a social media site and seeing someone have a good day just fucking yeah. makes your bad day even worse. Yeah. You yeah. know? And it's like, some when I'm having a bad day, I'm like, I, I don't even get on anything because yeah. I'm like, that's just going to make me feel even worse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The bad days are real. And it's like, I don't know if it's just because of COVID or it's just because like being at home so much, it's just, it's like loneliness. It's um, It's all of it, man. It's like the pressures of still being like a high performer at work and like wanting to kind of like showcase that you're doing well because like we've always done that like on social media, it's always been like Mm -hmm. the best of us, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like we want to, we always have shown like the best of us. Like when we're having fun, when we're having a good time, right? And it's 
<laughs> but wouldn't social media be weird if we showcased our bad times too, you know? It'd be, it'd be like... It'd be more real. Yeah, it'd be real, but like, you would, it's right. Like, it would be, be weird, yeah. Like, why like, the fuck are you sharing this? Like, yeah, this like, weird. like... Why are you saying that you yeah, cried like and ate ice cream vibes, today? Right? Yeah, like, like, yeah. Me, like, we don't want to see that. Yeah, right? yeah. But it's like, but life isn't always good vibes. It's not. Yeah. But it's just a weird thing to share the bad on social media. I respect the realness, but at the same yeah. time, I'm like, uh. So, like, if I shared on social media every time I was having a bad day or having, like, a bad moment, right. people would be like, Mikey. <laughs> Are you going to kill yourself tonight? Well, like, I think I have, like, 80 posts on Instagram, let's say, give or take. And 80 of those 80 posts are good. Are good. So if I said... That's probably why I only have 12. (laughs) 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 Fuck you, man. Well, if I had 80 posts of bad to even it out, people would be like... Just, it's just it's weird. So, weird right? so I think like there's the yin yang paradox of good and bad. and bad. But even though there's good and bad, there's us and we live within the good and bad. Mm-hmm. But I think we all want good. So it's weird. Uh, it is weird. It's weird. But I like uh, I like what you said. I think a lot of this has to do with just experiencing and growing. And I don't and think growing. anybody's going to be. Well, I want to say this too. I think, like you said, you can get so bogged down by the societal constructs that we created. Mm-hmm. My company, my 401k, ooh, my government, who's my senator? You know, all these, all this bullshit stuff that we created. We made this shit up. Yeah. You know, there's cavemen before us and pilgrims before us who were like, what the fuck is this? So I think uh, when we get caught up in that, because I was born in a society that said, oh, Cameron, get an education, go to college, pay a fuck ton of money to go to college to get to be scammed, right. essentially. When you can learn exactly what you're doing at your job. On Especially site. now. Yes. Do that. I'm going to pay $80,000 to get a fucking degree for a company who would have hired me even if I made up a degree. Yeah. I know they didn't check. <laughs> if they are, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh... uh I mean, I did have a degree, but whatever, fuck it, let's be on the point. <laughs> but uh, to to uh, worry about 401ks, economics, finances, and governments, when deep down I'm going to be on my deathbed thinking back like, I didn't give a shit about my 401k, did I enjoy the moment? Did I enjoy the moment, right. You know, and we can get blinded by these societal constructs we created. And when you take a peep behind the curtain, you realize like, oh shit, I've been so naive to the purpose of life. I've been, I've been told that this is what I need to do, but now I'm thinking on my own and I'm thinking like, oh, I don't, I don't want these things to control me, this media, all these colleges and all that. I want to think for myself, and I think for myself, I get a peep behind the veil, and I go, one day I'm going to be 70 years old. I'm going to have five years to live. I'm not going to look back and say, you know, I wish I had a better career. It's not going to be that. It's going to be like, I wish I really relished every moment with my friends, and I really wish I made other people feel happy and I laughed more and I, you know, had all these positive moments. Mm -hmm. 
And right now in America, what I see in all these young generations, what I see is I see a lot of wokeness, which is great for justice, but yeah. there's a lack of why are you, this isn't what God intended, for, you know, for you mm-hmm. to be here. You're living for a societal construct. Totally. A hundred percent. When you, you know, so these fuckers telling you to put fucking 16% in your 401k when you're 21. I get it. Fucking money yeah. helps. I get it. Right. But you get so caught up in this bullshit. It's all you live for. It's all, I mean, and it's God's all... looking down on us like, what the fuck? Why are y'all this caring is, yeah, about this? Not why I created you. Yeah. Not why I created this. I, you made me think, and I know I touched on this a little bit earlier, but like when we first started talking, let's hear it. Is um, I was like having a really low point, like a bad day, and I was like, it was at this point where my role had gotten eliminated at work in the middle of the pandemic, um, and being on a new team and re- and having to learn everybody and having to kind of market myself mm-hmm. and let people know like what my point of view is and like my work ethic was. I know this is like very work heavy right now, but there's a point to it. It was in that moment. I was like, it's been eight months. I think at the time it had been eight months since we've been in lock- lockdown or like quarantine or COVID working from home. And I was like, everything that used to bring me joy has been taken away from me. Mm-hmm. So that was like music, concerts, traveling. Like at that point, like hadn't seen a lot of my friends because everyone was still mm-hmm. quarantining. Mm-hmm. And um, my job got taken away from me that I really enjoyed. And now it's like, who the fuck am I? Mm-hmm. But in that moment, I was like, all those things are a part of me. But they're not. But they're you. not me. Yeah. Right? And you think these things make you up, but when they're stripped from you, when you're naked stripped, and you're like, who am I? I was like, and, and being stuck by myself mm-hmm. and thinking those things, I was like, who am I? Mm-hmm. I was like, at my core, yeah. who am I? Right? Yeah. When all, when everything when gets stripped away from gone, you, when you're, when parent, we're laying there on our deathbed yeah. and we literally have nothing left. Nothing. Who yeah. the fuck are we? Who are we? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, let's say, you know, my, your parents died. My mom and dad who brought me into this earth and I have so many good memories with them. They're dead. They're never coming back. Mm-hmm. And now I have to traverse 40 or more years on this earth without, without them, without them. And let's say I don't have kids because I'm infertile. And I live here and no one likes me. So I'm just a single infertile male without parents. And I have a poor job. Fuck, man. It's tough. It's tough. I love getting stripped yeah. of like, you know, of what you have. And that's why it's, it's like, so real it's in so those moments, real. man. Because like in those moments, it's like, one, you can actually be... Whoever you, you want to be mm-hmm. in you, right? Like in the in that moment when there's nothing left, mm-hmm. like at that point you get to decide: mm-hmm. Am I gonna be a good person? Am I mm-hmm. gonna be happy? Or am I gonna be miserable? Because there's you know there's you meet those people who are just like miserable all the, all time. the time, yeah. <laughs> um, but also it's like in those moments you're like, I forgot what I was gonna say. Huh. 
Well, maybe you get a little clarity into who you want to become. Yeah. In those moments when everything is stripped from you. Yeah. Because then at that point, I was like, I don't have any of these things right now. But you know what? Like, I have to keep going. Yeah. I'm still here. I still exist. I could be a shell of a human and just kind of float through life. But where's, mm-hmm. where's the fun in that? So at that point, I was like, who am I? Well, you can float through life and have a pretty average standard of living. Yeah. Or you can have a roller coaster ride and look yeah. back and have things to laugh about. And laugh about. And, then, <laughs> and I'm like, I was, I was like, guess what? I was like, my, like, I still, like, maybe I don't have the euphoria of, like, being in a crowd and being surrounded by people singing in a song that I love, right? Like, there's not, to me, there's nothing that beats that. Yeah. Right? Like. Oh, knowing you, that's what you live for, man. Yeah, and I'm like, maybe I don't have that, but I have so many good memories of those things happening. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe I don't have it now. Mm -hmm. Nothing new. Nothing to look forward to because we don't know when that's going to happen again. But I'm like, I have those memories to look back at those like I can I can think back and I can feel the way I felt in those moments still to this day and I'm like I still have that and I'm, I'm like I have the ability to remember yeah I and, have the and you gotta to, I feel like yeah. maybe 2020 was a good year to prepare for this because I mean imagine when you turn 70 let's say you die at 95 you're gonna have 25 years of looking back on shit where you yeah you know, you're going to be 73 in a wheelchair and you're not going to be able to go to concerts, man. Hell no, I'll still be there. So you're, <laughs> so you're going to be, you know. And that's the thing, too. Looking back, so you got to live your life. It's funny you mention that, too, because I remember the last concert I went to before lockdown. And I remember, like, looking around at me and, like, I'm, like, probably the oldest fucking person here. Yeah. It, was like, it was, like, a new artist, you know, yeah. a lot of young people like them. And I was, like, I'm 29. So, yeah. so like everyone at work thinks I'm young, and these right? kids are like. But now I'm like at this concert, and people probably think like I'm someone's dad. <laughs> you know, like I brought Could my be. kids here. Oh my god! And I'm like, this is crazy. Or it's like a, a night right? away from your spouse, night you know, away, just like jamming out. But I'm yeah. like, but then I see like old couples at concerts, and I'm always like, I can't be, I can't wait to be that person. You know? But it, it seems like you're trapped in the middle. Like, I don't want to be in the middle. I want to be younger. I want to be younger, old. But that's the perfect thing you should right be is just yeah. you. Just you. Right? Just you. And not worry about that. Not yeah. worry. Like, who gives a fuck? That's it. If anyone wants I'm to I'm like, get... guess what? My parents didn't buy these tickets for me. I bought my own tickets to this concert. Yeah. I bought my own drink at the bar. So we could do that. Yeah. For adults. And don't for think everyone. of it as a detriment. Don't think like... Oh, like I'm spending money. I'm not saving enough. Like you worked, you earned that money. So you should spend it on something you enjoy. I remember too, like at that same concert, I was just like making small talk with people next to me. And be like, oh yeah, like what do y'all do? I asked them what they did and they're like, (laughs) We're st- like we're in school. Like, I was like, oh my god. Oh, no. I was like, oh my god. We go to U of H. Yikes. Man. I was like, damn. That just... I live in the dorms, dude. What are you yeah. talking about? They're like, do you, do you like go to U of H? I was like, no. <laughs> no, I don't. No. I'm just gonna walk away now. You know, <laughs> like, like now at this point it's just creepy. I'm almost uh, thirty, so yeah. Then they're done that. That's one thing I'll, I'll say. I'll leave it on this note. Is like on ayahuasca when like you're talking about being stripped from everything you ever knew about yourself that is that was the ultimate strip that was like i'm not only naked but now my flesh is gone too i am in the raw 
my soul. I'm only living as a soul now in this other dimension after 20 minutes after I drank one of the strongest psychedelics known to man. I'm in another dimension and all I am is awareness and my soul. That's all I am. And that was such a vulnerable place, vulnerable place in being like, I am raw. And then you start figuring out who am I? Because we have all these societal constructs, this music, all these things to tell us who we are. I have Chris Cuomo to tell me I'm a racist, or I have <laughs> Tucker Carlson to tell me that I should worry about a fucking the left hijacking the election. I got all these people telling me this, but when you take a, when you take a strong psychedelic, especially like ayahuasca, personally to me, you're in that zone of there. There's nobody here to guide me. It's me. I've come in contact with another dimension and I'm in my flesh and it's almost this point where like you can almost create your own reality because you're in this higher consciousness so you create awesome. what you want to be mm -hmm. into fruition and uh, that's such a yeah like a raw vulnerable yeah, that's the most raw vulnerable place I've ever yeah. found myself man but you're guided in this raw, vulnerable place when you strip away everything by the collective consciousness of humanity in the sense of like, when I, in this other dimension I went, like you know you're in a good spot because you know this epicenter of existence, this place I went to, it wants the best for everything. And there will always be the paradox of good and bad in, mm -hmm. in existence, but it wanted that. So... When you strip yourself away, you could find yourself vulnerable, but when you ride the wave of the collective consciousness, you know we all want better. We just go about it in different ways. In different ways. So, you know, at least you know you're in good hands now. Anything is unpredictable at any moment, but mm -hmm. you know ultimately you are cared for. But like fundamentally at the core of everything, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. At the core of everything, that's why... That's why like, we, we're always improving in who mm -hmm. we are as people and technology and standards of living because we always want the best for each other. Simple as that. I do. I truly do. I just... And you're right, though. It's just like... So I'm saying you just gotta like let go and just ride that wave of fucking, you know... <laughs> Of fucking human, hum, of humanity, and it like, exists. and just be, be in the moment, and be just... and let be, and and literally, you ride that wave of humanity, you're gonna find some crazy motherfuckers out here. You're gonna find crazy motherfuckers, but just let you're go. Find yourself. You cannot control life. It's almost like that. That I'm the crazy. Maybe I'm the crazy motherfucker. You are the crazy I'm motherfucker. The crazy you motherfucker. are crazy. It's like that fat. I'll leave it at this, and I think that's the fifth time I said I'll leave it at this, but. It's almost this funny thing. I always think about this and laugh that I think it was Christopher Columbus, maybe, who he set out to find, if I'm not mistaken, India. And he gets on a wooden boat and he goes out to the ocean with the waves that are whoosh, whoosh, slapping on the side of a fucking wooden boat. And he thinks he's going to India. And he set foot in America. <laughs> And he was like, we did it, bitch. We made it to India, right? 
He did so bad, he went the complete opposite, opposite way, way on a wooden ship. And he was using one of those wooden steering wheels of a ship. And he thinks he's actually steering his way to India. It's no. just so funny that the ocean has currents and it has massive waves. And you think a little fucking wooden you steering ship? You think you have control ship? over that. You think you have control over that? The ocean will eat you, motherfucker. And so it's this funny thing I liken it to like us trying to control our lives. We all want to because we want to be in control of my life. If I want to mm -hmm. buy a fruit roll-up at Kroger, God damn it, I'm going to buy a fruit roll-up at Kroger. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get in my car and go do it. Yep. But ultimately, I can't control everything. So even though we want to be in control, we have to let go and say everything will balance itself out yes. and I just have to ride, ride it. That's it. The lows will come. The highs will come. Yes. Yeah. You'll feel stagnant in the middle, right? That's going to uh -huh. be normal sometimes. And I think that's another thing, too. Like, for me, it's, like, normalizing the plateau. Because you know that the plateau can be so boring. Uh-huh. It can but, be. But embracing the fact that nothing bad's happening and embracing the fact that... There is a plateau. There is a plateau. And that there's good to come. Maybe there'll be a little dip before the good, but... Maybe. You know what? It's okay. Water always evens itself out. It does. I mean, I think COVID was a way of Mother Nature balancing itself out. I kind of think so too, man. Yeah. As sick as it is. It is sick. But, maybe but that... if you think back to history, it's happened before. Yeah. Yeah, and... Overpopulation. COVID is Mother Nature balancing itself out, which is kind of a sick, twisted way to look at, and you'd look at Mother Nature and be like, uh, what? Why did you do that? But Sometimes, I mean, like, maybe that's how desensitized we've, we've come mm -hmm. towards death. One death is too many deaths. Well, everybody in the history of the fucking earth has died. Has died. And you're gonna die too. Yeah. And I know we want to prolong our lives because we want to experience what the earth has to offer us. We want to do this. It's fun. You know, I Are love you hanging scared out to with die? A little bit. Not as much as I was maybe before ayahuasca. But ayahuasca, the sad part about it, has made me think about death a lot more. I am... I am a, a little scared to die because... Living is all that I've ever known. Exactly, yeah. And I'm also a little scared to die because I'm like, well, I was born in a Christian household and I believe in Jesus. I truly do. But what if I get up there and it's Muhammad and then he summons me to hell? Yeah. I have, my mind has been fear mongered into thinking, like, hopefully I'm fucking right. Life's a, you know, yeah. this is a gamble. But now, post ayahuasca, I have realized that there is a place. I mean, it, it turned my sister from an atheist to a believer, and now she's Buddhist. It can really do that. And, and I'm not as scared to die now because I feel like after, you know, on ayahuasca, I felt I went to a place where I was before I was born. Mm -hmm. And I know it's true, and I know the entity of whatever it is that created this existence knows everything that we do on here will slap us on the butt for the things we do wrong but ultimately loves us 
and will not, I don't believe that we will be summoned to hell for eternity. I don't think so either. I think we will be spanked on the butt mm -hmm. and said, you know, you remember that time you made that person feel bad and you're going to get the feeling you made them feel mm -hmm. times 10 and God's going to make you own up to that. And then possibly we'd be reincarnated and come back to earth to live again because we all have this inherent want to live. We enjoy this. Mm -hmm. We do enjoy it. Whether we come back as a cow or as a... Um, or maybe move on to another dimension. Another man. dimension. But that's crazy. I welcome the aliens into my <laughs> So life. do I. Yeah, but... I have to pee again. All right, well, I guess that's it, man. No. No? It's never over. All right. Later.